Today's episode is brought to you by The Northman, an action-filled epic from visionary director Robert Eggers with an all-star cast that includes Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Anya Taylor-Joy, Ethan Hawke, Bjork, and Willem Dafoe. Witness the rise of The Northman as he discovers that fate has no mercy. The Northman is only in theaters April 22nd. Visit thenorthmanfilm.com to learn more. weekly games chat uh this is sean uh, and before i go further of course this is i gotta let you know the greatest podcast in the world as it relates to video games this is episode 345 thank you for listening whether it's uh, on podcast day or if you decided to join us on twitch that's right we're on twitch uh tv of course that's weekly games chat or if you saw us on both thank you so much you rock you're the reason why we do this. Of course, um, he, he's already drinking scotch. Some scotch. <laughs> I want to give a proper welcome to uh, my good friend, John. John, it is nice to see you. Uh, and I love when you have technical problems that we won't disclose, but it makes me giggle and also at the same time feel bad. So there, but, there you are. But look how, look how focused I am. You look delicious. I got to be honest. Now, it's, aside it's from, stuff. aside from that, I look like a floating head in a dark room, but that just adds to the ambiance and the mystery. Ambiance. Speaking of ambiance and mystery, if <laughs> you are, if you are joining us in chat, uh, Chris has changed a lot and apparently he likes Zelda. We'll get to that in a minute, but Chris is going to be the best ghost ever today live. Uh, but I think he can still talk to us. Is this correct? Spooky producer. <laughs> That's right. Chris will be kind of just chilling. Uh, before I go further for a, a very special introduction, you know, if we see this in our Twitch chat, we like to do it. We have a first time chat uh, from Zeke, uh, Zek, Zechariah. Hello. Thank you for being here. Uh, and also a first time chat from Pinkaholic. What is up? Uh, it's good to see you during our intro and any segment that we're doing for the show. We're going to do our best to, of course, see the chat acknowledge the chat and say things but we also may be in the groove because we are technically you know like recording a podcast or something but with, uh, without further ado ladies and gentlemen we have a special guest this week and it has uh it's been a while since we've had one and this is a very special guest um yeah normally and he, he's even hanging out in chat right now you can see him but we're gonna welcome our special guest uh his name is andy he's uh also known as our disc Discord, uh, we're going to say Jesus, because see, without <laughs> without Andy, uh, the Discord we wanted to happen would not have happened. He created that. And, and if you're like, who the f- is this acid sugar? That's right. The man, the myth, the legend himself is here. Andy, 
Acid, welcome, sir. It is a pleasure to have you and good to see you. And welcome, everybody. This is my second guest appearance. I was just thinking know. that. I was just. Thinking I wasn't here on the first one. I don't think. Yeah, I think uh, you were. I think he was. We were. It was a long Skype time ago. I had an accident, Andy, and I, uh, you know, I forget things. <laughs> <laughs> what was the game you? What was the game we covered, Andy? Oh no, that was PAX. I believe it was either 2016 or 2017. I think it was 16. Oh, because uh, you went to PAX and you and you came on to talk about it. That's right. I don't recall this at all, and I'm a piece of you know what. If if I was here, I hope this episode was Thanos. So there's no proof. It I cannot confirm. Was. It was like three, uh, it, four years but ago. Andy's awesome behind the scenes. He's always taking care of me, and of course, you know he's he's doing all the things he does on our Discord. So it that's now he's on Twitch with us. Another first time chat. Uh, the the you've already you're the first time chat here. <laughs> I got to read this when he says Die Beard isn't here this week and Ghost Band is in effect. That's gonna yeah. happen. But good to see you guys. Keep the chats moving. Uh, yeah, we got a we got a full show today because we have we have a guest and we have a, a ghost producer. We have all the things. So yeah, uh, before we move any further, I do want to throw some T's and P's out there. That's thoughts and prayers for your noobs. Uh, to the Queen of England, I saw this week she was diagnosed with the Rona. Uh, of course, I'm not from England. Uh, we had like a tea party when it came to England over here, but I know we have fans that listen to listen to us and they're across the pond. So I hope she's doing better. Um, <laughs> that's funny i saw i saw a thing in the chat that makes me laugh uh, but thoughts and prayers to the queen of england get better uh you'll probably never hear us tell you that but you know we did um you guys got any thought my dogs are killing each other oh my god uh do you guys have anything to add to that uh well i Boys? will just say that i had a uh had a time this past couple of weeks uh starting a new job and my housemate Significant other uh, got the Rona as well, but oh. your boy somehow d- didn't get it at all. Genes of a champion. I, I didn't <laughs> take any precautions. We just kind of live life like normal. I'm working from home now, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, and, Andy, you can't get a fake disease. That's not I, how it works. I know. <laughs> fake news. Not how it works. <laughs> well, you know, it, it does seem like that now. You know, how did I not get it? <laughs> Speaking of Queen, I think I think Sean's had it ten times. So. Yeah, I'm, I've got the world record holder of of getting the Rona. I thought all variants, it's legit. Nat, we have a person in chat by the name of Nat the Gooner. If you're on our Twitch stream right now, Nat is is across the pond. Nat saw her today, the Queen, and she's fine. So that's what's up. Thumbs up. Uh, so good news on that. God uh, save the Queen. God save the Queen, sir. Uh, old man chat time. Get your uh, <laughs> as I cough. Um, so I had my, I had a checkup today, right? And I'm, I don't know if this happens to you. Where did they put but, their fingers? Well, that's the problem. That's the, exactly the setup and the problem. So I go in and this is the kind of thing where a couple of weeks ago I did my beginning of the year labs. This is the follow-up to that. Make sure you're good. And then he kind of looks at you, right? Last <laughs> year I had, I had not experienced this. So this was the the time where the nurse is like, okay, the doctor's doing a physical on you today. Remove your shirt, pants, socks, and shoes, and put on this thing that I'm like, uh, <laughs> so I, I go in with the mindset this week of that's going to happen, and it didn't. He was like, "Keep your pants on," like <laughs> I'm not. The boys are fine this year, I guess. And I was, I wasn't let down, but it was almost like I worked up so much knowing that it was going to happen, and then it didn't. 
Um, you got any anything to add to that, John? Well, yeah. I mean, my my doctor, she's I actually see the PA. I don't see I don't see the doctor, but she's um, she's awesome. She's this. Uh, she has she has seen my junk more times than I can than I can count. Dude. But when I but when I turned look when I turned forty last year, she said, "Look, here's what you need to understand." When you come in for your physical every year going forward, um, I'm gonna have to check back there. <laughs> did she, I remember, you, but you're not old enough for that, right? Or was it you? Yeah, you made, uh, forty on is when. Well, at is least that the when, new? I'm not or, saying call. I'm not saying colonoscopy. I'm just saying just she's gonna. No, she's, yeah, gonna she's, she's yeah. just gonna. She's gonna probe me back there. Yeah, lube it up and have some fun. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, See, I was thinking it's more like forty-five ish. So I, I'm, I mean, I got some time. I'm good. You got, you got some time. You're fine. You're good for a little face. bit. Add a little bit of us. viewers and on the podcast real quick if you want. Just say hey. Hey Ting. Hey. Okay. Hey Ting. Awesome. Tilly's going to run to the school function, and I have a podcast. It's some sort of like I didn't know they do this. The kids are going to have a meeting and run a a whole thing. And up for topic tonight is whether or not to keep chocolate milk on the menu. I want that job. Like that sounds amazing, but yeah, uh, he he didn't, and I I don't know. I got all worked up, and it's funny. Uh, <laughs> Nacho is it Nacho? Hey, head boy, it's good to see you. I didn't realize that was actually you, uh, but I like your jokes. You just made me chuckle. Um, yeah, I don't get no. It's not, that's funny. His joke was one or two fingers, and then he asked if Dad's not DJing the school dance, and it's not a dance. They actually, I actually got turned down from the school. <laughs> Quick squirrel moment. Um, I did want to DJ a dance with, you know, at her school. Cause I thought that would be cool. She wanted it. And, uh, I sent him a whole email and I'm like, Hey, I actually DJ and I'd love to, I'd do it for free. Yeah. That's Ghosted. Nice <laughs> Ghosted dude. They, they wanted no part of me. So, uh, so there was that. But uh, this was for Chris, but he's not even here. So I'll just say in general, fans of Daft Punk. Um, Chris and I are fans of Daft Punk, right? Harder, better, faster, stronger. Right, all the things, right? Robot rock and everything. Uh, they broke up one year ago. Uh, but in I guess in celebration of that one-year uh, anniversary, they released a rare 1997 set. So if you're, if you're fans of... Daft Punk, you probably already know about it. If you're kind of a, oh, yeah, I know those guys. I want to check that out. There you go. That was free. Um, and you heard you heard Andy sing some Daft Punk stuff. I don't think John knows who they are at all. Hey, sure I do. You do? Okay, cool. <laughs> they and wear like, those I crazy helmets. They, yeah, yeah, they do. They did. They rocked. Um, and then, yeah. And you're going to see. So one more little, uh, I guess you call it a nugget, if you get to hang out in Twitch chat. You're going to see the ghost producer himself. He's going to be the weekly games chat name, and he's going to be posting in the Twitch chat as well. So that's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, this is a, a podcast about video games. We're in our intro. Uh, but I started a podcast again that is not a secret podcast. People have heard about this. So I'm going to say what that is, and then I want to see if you guys have recently either started back on a podcast or if you have one that you want to kind of re-promote. And for me, it was the Undisclosed podcast. Uh, and that podcast got famous with the Adnan case. If you guys remember the serial podcast, this one kind of tied into it. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Can I get some I'm head not nods? Familiar with that one? You know, well, it's it's about true crime, and and this particular podcast 
uh, is produced very well. What's the name of uh, it? Undisclosed. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. Mm -hmm. You've heard of it. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's really famous. Like, it really is. But you have to have been, I guess, in that lane to find it. Anyway, I just randomly, I was doing a road trip the other day. I pulled up the podcast to listen to us, and then I was like, I don't want to hear us. So then I that was in my feed, and I got rehooked on it. And the, and the way they produce it, the way it's based on true crime, and they're the I, she's part of I think the Freedom Project. So it's going to bring in an angle where there's a possibility the person that was convicted wasn't who really did it. Uh, and she's she's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I told you guys I'd lead in and see if you guys got any podcasts you wanted to recommend that maybe listen to loyally or uh, maybe got back into? I've got at least one. And I will say I, I did pick it up, pick it back up recently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's called weekly games chat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, a little, a little indie podcast. <laughs> Just a little indie podcast. Not, not, not done too big. It's pretty good though. You know, they talk about games, talk about sports, TV shows, uh, but no new podcast recently all i'll say is uh go give us five star on spotify if you haven't already they, <laughs> that seemed to have worked right we we brought that we had one five star and now we got like 10 i blame that's like, for that that's nice nice <laughs> uh john do you have any i know you listen to a bunch of other gaming podcasts do you have anything you want to if it's been a while you haven't brought it up or anything Chris, yeah there's a, anything in chat um there's a there's a really good video game podcast that came out recently it's um it's called video gameography it's kind of kind of does a kind of a format of something i'd love to do at some point in the future um if we ever had the time but it takes a it takes a series like they started the game the, the, what got me attracted to it it was it, it's done by some game informer uh journalists or people whatever yeah and the first set of the first game series they touched on was Metroid, which is what drew me to it. But since then they've done Metroid, all the Metroid games, they, they focus a, 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 an episode per Metroid game. Now they're on to Halo and they're just, they're, it's like a, they're moving on to just um, famous franchises that we as gamers know and love. I mean, they could touch on Mass Effect. They could touch on Zelda. They can touch on any, the Bioshock series, who knows what they'll do, but it, that's right. a really good one. But you, you know, you talk about true crime. There's one I'm listening to now called the Piketon Massacre. The Piketon Massacre. Piketon. That's P I. That's P I K E T O N. It's a. It 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 takes place in a town in Ohio, um, and it's between two families. It, it it's a it's a podcast about the largest mass murder in Ohio history. Well, see, it's got a really the, eerie, uh, yeah, like you know, image to go ominous. With it. It's yeah. got it's it's it it's about two families, um, connected by a marriage, and and one of the families allegedly, and I, and I think they're still awaiting trial. But they, but the but one family one night went in and murdered eight members of the other family, and this and these two families were connected by marriage. Um, so just a it's just a fascinating tale. It's I love. Yeah. I love the macabre. <laughs> the mac macabre. Did not expect to hear macabre tonight. I'll tell you that much. Um, and in chat, we're seeing The Lady Vanishes is a true crime podcast that is hot right now. Mm. Oh, nice. The lady, the lady Vanishes? Yeah, The Lady Vanishes. While we're adding things, I'm that, listening to a nice audio book. What least. is that? Uh, Will Smith came out with his Will 
Uh, yeah, I hear that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. From what I've listened to so far, it goes through a lot of his upbringing, a lot of his struggles as he was growing up. West Philadelphia, I, born and raised? That's exactly On the playgrounds. Right. He Which played. I'm also watching. I started watching Bel Air. Side was, note. Yeah, I've heard of some good stuff too. But I've always liked Will Smith. He's been a he's been a pretty good person in my life, I think, growing up. He's Play, been in the news. He's always doing it, good stuff. Man. Getting jiggy with it. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's but awesome. yeah, I, I will definitely recommend his audiobook, Will, uh, narrated by him. There you go. Oh, that's that's even a nice extra touch, I think. Yep. When the narration happens to be from the person. Um yeah, Bel Air is out already. Yeah, you heard that correctly. Um, you know what else is out? And we're gonna talk about it more in theater, uh in news, Uncharted. So um I we need to kind of go see that, I think. <laughs> um uh, I Chris, I I was I had a busy weekend, and I told Chris that maybe on Sunday, in the afternoon, we could go catch you know catch a showing of it. Um, or do you think you're braving? Would you brave the 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 world and go see it, John? Yeah, I think so. We That'd need to fun. shoot the invite to you too. I'll I'll go see it. I kind of want to see it. I want to see what's up. You guys, let um, me know when you're seeing it. I'll go see it too. And you just put we'll put your little camera next to us. We'll <laughs> yes. watch it. We're Let's totally not it. recording it. Uh, we'll stream he's it with us. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, we record, uh, you know, very famously or infamously, however you want to say it, on Tuesdays. The podcast comes out on Wednesday. Uh, today is a special day. It is two twenty two twenty two, which also is a Tuesday. So that's hype. I kind of like that. The podcast is a little irregular today. Uh, Not, yeah, I love I love the fact that Chris is behind the scenes, but he's yeah. shutting the hell up. Shutting the yes. Uh, <laughs> also, you know what? Three, four, five. Yeah, three, it's episode three, four, five on. Yeah, ex- on this two, is crazy two, 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 stuff. Two. This is crazy. I like it, but I like that somebody, um, probably more than just somebody, was born t- today. You know, their birthday is going to be two twenty two twenty two. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but uh, that's all I got. Uh, I'm I'm slap out of it. Anything you guys want to recommend or add? Uh, Peacemaker <laughs> finale. Whoa, yeah. And if you're just oh. uh, tuning in to us on Twitch, uh, normally you see Chris there. This guy looks way different than Chris. Uh, John's wife loves this person, and uh, they're rocking some glasses, which Chris doesn't. A watch, not bald either. Not know. bald. It's got a Zelda shirt on. You know, layered clothes right here. Some style. You mm. know. Totally not, Thank Chris. You. I appreciate that. <laughs> Got Andy, have, up for you guys. Andy, have we ever explained to the audience, and we don't have to do this? Have we ever hmm. explained to the audience how we know each other? I don't. You know, we might have. If you want, we can just table it. Oh, I feel like we should leave this as an air of mystery. Okay, I like airs of fun. mystery. Let's just leave it as related. We met on a dating app, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we definitely met on Tinder. Actually, farmers, sorry, it was Grinder. <laughs> Farmers.com. <laughs> Farmers.com. Christian Mingle. That's where we met. Thank Christian you. Christian Mingle. <laughs> not uh, you. And you know, Nacho is our head boy, and Nacho ch- tunes in usually early on Twitch. Uh, he's working hard. I just read that Squirrel Moment happened. I'm just happy I got out of work early because I got to wait and rhino. Um, yeah. While working on their exhibit. That sounds fun, huh? At least you get to see rhinos every day. That's kind of cool. You know? That's scary beats, man. That'll take yeah, you man. out. At first I thought, you know, you might be part of that whole Tiger King thing, but as rhinos, it's different. You're probably fine. It's probably fine. 
It'd be all right. They're making a movie about the Tiger King. Did I see that correctly? You did. They are. Uh... Yeah, they were. They were courting uh, Nick Cage to play the role, but I don't. I think he passed. Nick on. Cage. <laughs> he would have been perfect for that movie. Yep, Dude, he would have been Nick Cage, as it would have been great. Uh, I'm. I think I'm good to go. Uh, if you guys are good to go, if, unless there's anything else you want to add, I have a bad habit uh, of. <laughs> just acting like, all right, I'm done talking and forget about John. He calls me out on that all the time and I feel bad about it. it in my dreams. Like, yeah, yeah, I was done talking. It's fine. Yeah, I, I was done. I'm the star. <laughs> okay. Are you good, John? Oh, what kind of scotch are you drinking? Just that red label again? I'm trying to get rid of the red label, but I realized, um, realized last week that I, I looked at the, I looked at the bar counter and mm-hmm. there's a whole nother bottle of it. <laughs> <laughs> I keep, I kept getting, I, I get I keep getting it for Christmas at work. Yeah. Because so, you told him you liked it. <laughs> yeah. You know, somebody actually my boss said one time, we have I don't really like scotch. We bought some red label. Do you want it? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I think this is the I think this is the open bottle she gave me, but yeah, but she gave me a brand new bottle of it. Well last I, uh... Christmas. I'm like, could you just get me the black label at least? <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good. I uh I thought about you. While I was DJing, I had a a, a really special birthday party for uh, is, on, and I was is, DJing and I was up I was up up top. Is DJing know? code for something else? No, no, no. It was, it was legit on the you ones sure? and twos. Oh, okay. And I was up top in the VIP area. Uh, Doesn't sound this, like DJing anymore. I know this this is getting <laughs> crazy, right? But anyway, so the the parents of the person this was an older person celebrating a birthday. And so the parents are older. They're cool. They come up and like, hey, do you, do you care if we give you a drink or two? And I was like, yeah, of course. You got and then he lit. checked with the wife after he promised me the drink. We, we can't give him a drink, right? <laughs> anyway, they didn't mix me a drink. They brought me some sort of bourbon or scotch, and he said the name, and I can't remember what it is right now. I'll find out behind the scenes and let you know. But as soon as he gave me that glass, it looked just like one of your little scotch glasses. And I drank it and I was like, how does he do this? It was so it was so strong that I almost oh. couldn't drink it. But I had to be a, a man, you know, be a man. I, that scotch, man. I had to be, be a, a man, man on the ones and twos. But yeah, <laughs> I really did. But yeah, if you're good here, if you're good to, to table this and, and move on to the topic, I'm ready to hear about, you know, why Andy's here and why John's in the dark. Ladies and gentlemen, we did it. We've made it to topic time of episode 345. If you've hung out with us through our entire intro, or if you saw the time marker and you came straight to here, welcome. We appreciate it. And we have a treat for you today. Uh, I'm going to now shut up and I'm going to let Chris do what he does to introduce this topic, you know, professionally. Chris? The topic is... Dying light. Is there anything better (laughs) on a (laughs) two dying light two on a Tuesday? Exactly. Is there anything better than that? Like John, we didn't see him this time, and I'm like, truly. Oh, he he let it all hang out. (laughs) 
He was probably buck naked. There, there's no just, doubt. Yeah, yeah, that's right, I mean, everybody. Picture you know, what, Chris butt naked right he now. Doesn't, he doesn't know I know this, but the reason he's off mic is because he forgot that he rescheduled his Dungeons & Dragons game night to Tuesday night. And now he's got to be off mic for this thing. Is he forward. is he a dungeon master or lore master? He, well, he is the dungeon master, and so yeah. the, he's trying. He's he's actually pulling double duty tonight. You said duty, duty. Um, <laughs> so he's he's gonna have a he's gonna have a hard time getting it moved back to Wednesday. When he agreed to Tuesday, he just wasn't thinking. Mm. But um, mm. you know, yeah. Well, whatever. listen, I don't know if if people who listen to this show. If, I, I know Assassin's Creed is a John game, but Metroid's a John game. But this also, this is a John game. And this time you got some help. You're not just by yourself up here swinging away doing a review on Dying Light. You know, this is Dying Light 2, and there are two of y'all. You've got Andy, and you've got the stage, sir. Look, I think, I mean, honestly, this is, Andy's our guest. This is really his show. This oh is, no! This show. <laughs> All right, guys. So Rosario Dawson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Starts the game off very well, uh, narrating the intro and kind of giving you an idea of what's going on in the game. Game's called Dying Light to Stay Human. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, Andy, I should I should ask you. You and I, I mean, we've known each other a while now. Mm-hmm. And we've, you know, we've obviously both had a love of video games, but we, we've, we've, we've often connected on this, on this small, small time game yeah. back in 2015 called Dying Light. Little indie game. Um, just kind little of a little, game. little local indie game that never really got off the ground. An amazing you know. team. That's all. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, kind of give us a kind of an introduction of your of how you got into Dying Light. Because uh, I know it wasn't me. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't talk. To you. Honestly, I don't know where I picked up Dying Light from. I just saw the game. I think it reminded me so much of things like Dead Island, which, if mm-hmm. you don't know, same, same team. Yeah, same. Yeah. Maybe same world. Apparently, that hasn't actually been uh, discussed uh, in detail yet. But interesting. Uh, beside the point, uh, they worked on Dead Island for a while. I loved those games. And then when mm-hmm. I saw Dying Light come out, it's a little bit grittier. It's a little more real world than dead island so i consider dead island a little more cartoony really got me i wanted to pick it up and then after playing through dying light one i was just like oh my god this amazing storytelling like every side story has some moment of emotion in it and the main stories all kind of line up well there's a you know good protagonist good antagonists like multiple different throughout the stories and they carry everything throughout the entire story. If you play through all of it, uh, which this kind of translates well into dying light Two. like dying light two is a better, more thought or thought out version of dying light. In my opinion, it has all of those things that I liked about dying light turns them up to 11 and you get a little bit extra from it. Well, it's interesting about the first game. I mean, it's it's like this this, and and if you if you think back to twenty fifteen, a lot of people before this game came out were saying that, you know, the zombie hype has been played out. This thing has been, you know, and even today, I mean, there's a lot of people going, "Gosh, another like I don't know if one of the best one of the best video game reviews um, that Angry Joe ever did was of Di- the original Dying Light." 
because that he 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 does this opening intro where his partner comes in and goes, "Hey, Joe, his other his friend Joe, you know, the two guys named Joe." He comes in and says, "Hey, you want to play a zombie game?" And I think it's Left for Dead. Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Yeah, sure, yeah." And then he comes in next time and goes, "Hey, Joe, you want to play a zombie game?" And it's you know what's what's uh dead dead rising or something like that call of duty zombies comes back in and says hey you want to play another zombie and then he finally comes to and he's all excited every time but then he comes in with a copy of dying light and joe's like fine let's get this one started and then you know he's as far as i remember he was kind of over the moon about it but um i don't know that i played this game um, I think I got into it because I was still into zombies. I, I still like zombies, a, you know, a good bit. Um, but the, <laughs> there's a, there's a, it's, it's actually kind of true. Clarissa taught me, <laughs> kind of taught me how to play this game. Who's Clarissa? Uh, say what? Who's, Who's Clarissa? Clarissa? My wife. Your, Your wife. wife. Because she, you know, she, she'd spent all, all this time with, in Dying Light 2 and it's got a lot of, you know, menu systems um, which is yeah. which is uh, which is one thing I could say about Dying Light Two. They really streamlined that a little bit better. But these menu systems were a little bit more complicated than I've ever played before. And she was like, she was like, Pookie, you got to play. You got to put this. You got to put this. You got to put them together, and you can build this. And so she showed me a lot of the menu systems and the and the mechanics behind uh, creating your weapons in Dying Light Two. Hmm. I mean, in the original Dying Light. So she had it not been for her, I probably wouldn't have stuck with the game. Did you did you play uh, the following the DLC following? I I dabbled a little bit in yeah, it, but I, I, I dabbled really, in it. Okay. I played a couple story missions. I don't think I finished it. I think I was too enamored by you know it's more like a sandbox game almost. After you finish the the story, yeah. and you're just kind of like yeah, I just want to do everything. I want to run parkour, parkour, parkour yeah. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like you when you're playing these games, and, and even in Dying Light Two, even more so. It's like you're you're. I spend a lot of my time playing hot the uh the floor is lava mm-hmm. like you're trying to avoid hitting the ground for any reason you're you're trying to find these pathways through the city where you know you know if you jump on this and, and, and you kind of get this muscle memory of, of the of the city as you're as you're running all, at this speed you're kind of remembering oh there's a platform that's going to give me a little bit of a a boost to get to the next rooftop but Absolutely. um it's it's just but but i would say that this game so at the end, spoilers, everybody from 2015. Mm. Um, basically, Haran at the end of the game, the, the the zombie problem is is wiped out. It, it's taken care of. It can care um, of. all done it, with it. it. It's all done with. Everybody got vaccinated, if you will. The GRE said they were done with this and they're going to help everybody out. That's right. And yeah. the GRE for for kind of a real world comparison, I, I think of it as the World Health Organization. Mm-hmm. They're very similar in 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 in, in what they do, um, at least in concept, not necessarily their nefarious Execution. actions. Yeah. Um, but uh Andy, I want you to talk to us about the uh the parkour system because I know you're a big fan of Mirror's Edge. Um, so you have a lot of experience more so than me when it comes to parkour. Um, compared to Mirror's Edge and compared to Dying Light, how well did they improve and nail the parkour in this game? All right, so the, definitely, I would say better than Mirror's Edge. Like, I feel like they looked at Mirror's Edge. They saw everything they could do there, and mm-hmm. they even tried to turn it up on that. Because obviously, they are going to go into this. They know Mirror's Edge is a thing. They know that is like the parkour game almost. Or, or anytime you think of a parkour game, at least for me, I think of Mirror's Edge. 
Mm-hmm. So they probably, I'm thinking they looked at that and they said, all right, we got to do something a little better than them. And where they had this leveling system, because in Mirror's Edge, you can kind of just do everything almost right off the bat. And in Dying Light, they they almost, they progress it in a way that you learn <clears throat> the basics and the fundamentals out the gate. And then you just add another fun layer onto it on top of that parkour. Yes. So yeah. you go from, oh, hey, uh, if I uh, jump this ledge and I can't make it to the ledge just about, I'm going to fall off the ledge. To, uh, hey, I uh, almost caught the ledge and I can just pull myself up, no problem. Uh, to, uh, hey, I can grab the ledge and then I can jump up to the next ledge above it without any issue. And it's just like this progression of, hey, we're not going to give you all the tools to the kingdom yet, because if you did that, I feel like, you know, you'd have so many things to remember as you're jumping from car to light post to top of the building and so on, that you're just going to forget a lot of the things you can do. And speaking of forgetting things you could do, there was one thing in Dying Light 1 that I couldn't do in Dying Light 2 that I was just like, is this just not in the game? Or can I not throw my weapons directly at a zombie? <laughs> like, that was yes. one of my favorite parts about Dying Light yes, 1. Yes, I remember like, that. I can't, I can't ready the weapon. I can't throw it. What am I going to do? Speaking of weapons, Sean, you'll love this. this uh, uh, your favorite aspect of Breath of the Wild, the weapons... No. Favorite aspect. That yes. is a, a component in both Dying Light and Dying Light 2. But, yes. but, but, um, but Andy, I, I don't know if you'd agree with this. No. More Breaking so, weapons. More so yeah. in Dying Light 2, I feel like the weapon system is a little bit more generous with its, uh, with its time. Because I don't know. I remember you know picking up a pipe yeah, in Dying yeah. Light and just, or, or a wooden plank with a nail in it and you know, it took a long time for your weapons to start like being more durable. But I feel like right. this one right off the bat kind of gives you that um, durability, I would say more so than the first game. And Sean, for you, more so than Breath of the Wild. Oh, yeah, definitely more than Breath of the Wild. Like these weapons aren't going away anytime soon. Like you'll you'll be surprised by the time it's like, oh, hey, your weapon's about to break. You're probably going to do something about that. <laughs> or uh, just throw it away and get to a new one. But you'll never run out of weapons, especially playing on easy or normal, I'm guessing. Chris? Oh, we call it... We Lord have mercy. As God speaks from above. Uh, my biggest issue with, with, with uh, Breath of the Wild mainly was the Master Sword. Yeah. It was like, bro, it's the Master Sword. It can breaks you, and then reappears? Yeah, it would take. Yeah, you would. It would break down, and, you, and it would take a while to regenerate. But you could do that. Uh, no, you couldn't. You could do that. Master, what's it called? What was that? It was this DLC that came out um, about. It's like this level based. You'd go up these levels, and you'd go all the way through it. And if you go all the way through, it's trials oh, of the ma- yep. the master, master sword trials. trials or something. Master trials. Yep. If you did that and you completed it, your your master sword would be. Why are we talking about this game? Would be permanently. You, you wouldn't break down anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that still sucks. And the reason we're talking about it to tie it in in case for some reason you just stopped listening and now you're listening again is because <laughs> Dying Light 1 and 2 both have this aspect when it, as it relates to their weapon systems and their weapons. On the uh, bright side, com- they <sighs> did change the system from Dying Light 1 where you could just repair that weapon over and over. Yeah. Well, it didn't I mean, matter. 
you didn't you couldn't do it over and over. I think you had three or four tries to repair it. Oh, that's you're, it, you're right. At I the think beginning, it would finally give out. Yeah. And after a while, they were just like, yeah, yeah you know what? You can just it keep will. repairing them. It's no big deal. Three or four but, times, and it's like, you know what? I'm good. I'm in good. this game, you get like minor repair improvement after you mm-hmm. do like an upgrade to the weapon. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. to your point, when you were talking about your wife. Uh, My wife. wife. I think her experience in Diablo 3 probably helps mm-hmm. a lot in this Ooh. game because the weapon system kind of it matches up a little bit. We don't we don't bring up Diablo three here. Chris did a thing. <laughs> He's not here. We're good. He, he deleted some stuff. It ooh. <laughs> anyway, the weapon Anywho. system is a little bit more like it because uh, you can you have different crafting abilities that you learn throughout the uh, throughout the game. Where you have two different shops that you go to. You go to an item shop and a craft master shop. You go to the item shop. You can buy all your weapons, gear, crafting materials. You go to the craftsman shop. You can buy different blueprints, or you mm. can upgrade the blueprints that you have. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in the, what I'd say is probably around 30, 35 hours playing it to completion, I didn't nearly upgrade the crafting blueprints at all. And that was, that's, that's weird, because so far I haven't done much with, with the weapons. It's almost like the weapons have sort of, basically as I find them, I just, I find them as is, and I use them as is. Yeah. Yep. Um, does this question but, tie in from chat? Uh, if it doesn't, we'll we'll totally ignore it because it's from Draven. Uh, but can you get legendaries from codes like the first one? I have no idea what I just read to you guys, but you probably do. Well, I, he's talking about like I don't know. Um, and if you ever came across this sword in Dying Light, it's out in kind of the bay. You swim out onto this rock, and there's this. Le- it's this sword you have to pull out of a rock. It's I did it's, not. it's literally the the King Arthur sword. What? It's like it's yeah. I mean, I, I can't. It's it's in the it's in the it's in the main open world, not the, uh, not the yeah. Well, no, yeah. no. It's in it's it's in the first game. Oh, oh, gotcha. where you would where you would swim out into the bay and you and you'd swim up on this rock and you see this sword sticking out. That Damn. thing is that thing. It, it's it's literally it's a it's a it's a two handed sword, like uh, like sword. Sean's. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yep, With girth. Yeah. <laughs> And that thing, that thing would, that, I, that thing would wail. <laughs> it did so much damage. But there were legendary swords, legendary items like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I've come across anything well, like that. Uh, I don't know if you have legendary weapons. I don't know about getting them from codes or anything. He's talking about online and stuff, guys. Yeah, I haven't run into that yet. However, is uh, Techland GG their website? If you do a bunch of stuff on there, there's a there's like drops that you can get. They have uh, a bunch of other drop systems too. There are some streamers you can watch where you'll get legendary gear and armor, or sorry, gear and uh, weapons from watching them for a certain amount of time if you link your accounts and stuff. So there's definitely different ways to get weapons. Uh, there are legendary weapons in the game for sure. Uh, I've come across at least two or three that say legendary on themselves. They don't kind of have like a level to them a lot of the times. And they'll kind of scale with wherever you are, which is, it's nice. You don't have to worry about going out, finding a new legendary and, you know, finding the rarest of rare weapons kind of thing. All the weapons seem to have decent drop values. So if if it's something specific you're looking for, they seem pretty easy to find. And like I said, if you need a weapon, you, I haven't run out of money. I don't know about you, John, but money doesn't seem to be an issue at all in this game. 
And as long as you're as long as you're looking for resources on a regular basis and you sell that stuff, you're not going to have any real issues with money. Um, did you you said you, you you messaged me last night and said you're in the epilogue? Did you finish it? Yeah, finished it last night around one thirty. Well, hey. uh, yeah, this morning then. One thirty yeah. a.m. There you go. Nice. And I was pleasantly surprised at the end. Like uh, the story for for Dying Light Two, there, there's very there's a lot of heavy political talk in it. Like they 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 stress a lot on political uh, correct viewpoints throughout the entire thing, and they they try to uh, give you stories where they try to have you pick like a, a human uh, side of what you would do in the story versus like the inhuman thing you would do in the story it kind of ties along in with the the name of the game be human so you, you're always uh brought these uh, scenarios where you have to choose anywhere between two i think i've seen a, a, a part where you have to choose between three or maybe four options i don't know but uh you'll be given different things you need to do and i think by the way that i finished it there are like main missions that you don't really know you have to complete and it kind of hides it from you mm-hmm. sorry if this is a little spoilery at all but uh you're keeping it vague yeah so w- once you finish the game it'll be like hey this is your scorecard going through the story this is what we would have expected or it's not really a scorecard it's just more of like this is how you chose to complete the game yeah. this is what your choices would be for this particular thing and and, and I, this and this is nothing new for any particular game, but your choices kind of affect how the world looks in some way. Um, you know, in in the original Dying Light, it was just it, you were representing a faction against another faction, and in this game, you kind of pick and choose, and people can people can just side with one or the other the entire game, or they can mix and match. But mm-hmm. kind of giving you know you're 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 kind of giving territory here and there. You're deciding which territory goes to which faction, and there's there's two factions, um, and it sort of ref, it reflects how the world. And this is they build this when it was first announced as something really really unique and amazing. Right. I don't know. I, I I mean I don't think it. I don't think it. I don't think it turned out the way they maybe wanted to, well. but, but it does, but, but, you know, based on, based on what faction you give a certain area to, it does affect how the world looks in certain mm-hmm. ways. Um, choices have very real consequences. Like, so they say, <laughs> so they say like, as you start the game, that is one of the things Rosario Dawson tells you mm-hmm. that your actions will have real consequences. Things will change. There will be parts of the story you can't do if you choose a certain thing, which for those completionists, you know, you're going to have to play the game again. <laughs> Fantastic. So, so Andy with you, is this the beginning of a long and beautiful relationship or I mean, was this a game that you kept, the original game, was this a game that you kept coming back to? I'd probably play it like once or twice a month after, because yeah. they, Techland was so, like, they paid attention to Dying Light throughout its entirety up until Dying Light 2. There was oh, yeah. new stuff, like, I think the week before Dying Light 2 came out for Dying Light 1. There are challenges you can do on their website that still get you, I guess they have like this point system, but you can earn stuff for Dying Light 2 and other stuff in Dying Light 1. Like they they tie it in pretty well. They they keep up with the game. I I don't see them as being like the the EA where we're going to put DLC in this and you know you're going to keep buying this stuff. This is more like a uh, I I feel like and I hope I'm not wrong in the future because it would be a little disappointing that Techland keeps up with that tradition. You know, have like a five year cycle for this game. Keep adding things into it. 
and you know coming out with a dying light three because you know why why wouldn't there be one well it's interesting the the first game you know it it was not a it was not a critical darling and Mm -hmm. nor is this one although it was reviewed slightly better but you know you're comparing reviews that are six years apart so it's kind of hard to you know make that measurement but Mm-hmm. The, the, this this team and this particular game, and I, I dare I would dare I say this franchise now has a rare loyalty, a, such a a loyal fan base that doesn't, for lack of a better term, doesn't die out, doesn't dwindle out. I mean, the, it, it, and and that's so. It, it feels that's rare. rare. That's a that's rare for a game like this. Yeah. Um. And and it's. And and it's hard if if somebody asked me what it was about this this these two games that made fans go crackers over it, I don't know that I could answer it because not with a simple answer. Yeah, for because sure. it's got, because it's different for everybody. Right. I just I I just never from 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 Breath of the Wild to 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 the Fallout's to the Skyrim's I I, I just never seen an open world done this way before. Um, I, I agree with you on that one. This this open world feels different, and not so much that it's like, it, I mean, it's no size of Breath of the Wild. Sure. Like the size isn't really anything to marvel at. But I feel like how dense everything <laughs> is. <laughs> there is so much to do, like in every section that you go to. So many little things that you can find and be like, oh hey, how can I play with this a little bit differently? Yeah. Or and like, it's probably, let me tell you, oh, getting the probably, grappling hook. Oh, I can't. I haven't done that yet. I keep, I keep wait. I can't wait to get the grappling hook because like that is that almost was, like Spider-Man level video game mechanics that oh I could God. see being used in a new Spider-Man game. That's like first person. That's really? just like, I, I I would love it. I think I think they could pull nice. that off. Wow, that's that's big words right there. Yeah, I like it though, John. This is John, like I'm, the web swinging where like the grappling hook. Like you you can. I don't it's it's a grappling hook I don't I feel like I haven't seen that much in other games because it's not like the one in the first one where you you, you shoot it pulls you towards it that's it I yeah. loved that thing that thing yeah, was that a was game fun changer. <laughs> absolutely fun the one of the most fun additions to that game right. John, this I'm one's gonna completely need a, different uh, I'm gonna need a text message when you finally get your grappling hook I need it <laughs> yeah. well it, Sean I was about to say you remember that meme I sent you or I, maybe I put it on discord about the main story which was like this big freighter boat and then you on the raft with an yes, umbrella going yes. the other way, go whatever the heck. Yes. One of the reasons I probably haven't finished this game is because I'm too busy. Like Andy said, there's so much to do in this game. I mean, obviously there's the side quests. There's, um, <laughs> there's parkour challenges. There's, you know, you know, there's, there's, there's a day and night cycle. And one thing just like dying light Two, although I feel like this one, the, the night cycle is a little bit more, like when I when I played the original Dying Light, I was and Andy, I don't know if you agree with this. I was terrified for the longest time of going out there at night, at night, because yeah. those monsters out there were crazy scary. Yeah, and they were, were absolutely. Uh, they, they would tear and, you apart. Yeah, but I, but it feels like in this game, it's a little bit more forgiving because they emphasize so much of of the things you need to get for upgrades and things can be found at nighttime in these abandoned locations. Yeah, certain um, places they want you to go during the day. Some places yeah. they want you to go at night because you yeah. know the uh, the zombies like to migrate, so to speak. They, if, at night, they 
come out because it's dark everywhere. These kind of have like a, a vampire effect on the zombies where they don't the, like sunlight. Yeah. The more dangerous ones, yeah. They yeah, come out the more dangerous night. ones. And so, I mean, you go into these these abandoned warehouses and, and you know, I'm famous for talking about fast travel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you are. Or that, lack thereof. That, that plays into how you unlock fast travel because unlocking fast travel locations are like a quest in and of itself. You have to go mm-hmm. into these you have to go into these subway stations at night when everything when everything more dangerous has come outside. I mean, you could do it during the day, but there's a lot more dangerous things hiding under in the dark. It's mm-hmm. so it's so I, messed I up. I had some moments where I wanted to, you know, pee myself running through the subway station <laughs> or running away from things where I'm just like, oh, my God, I need to run faster. It's not Dude, fast yeah. enough. I can hear them behind me. And when you've got surround sound headphones on, you can hear that thing running behind you. Dude. Man. There, well, there I, is I something about, about the audio all the, day for this game. There's something ahead, about the being scared in a game. I'm not always the one to, you know, jump to play the next scary game or the next zombie <laughs> game. But yeah. when I play them, I do thoroughly enjoy them. Uh, Red Sevens, you know, infamous with this podcast. Yes. Uh, stuff like that. And, and I just, are you ever going to get, do you think you'll ever not want to be scared playing a game? Because, John, you, and, and I'm thinking Andy's the same. You guys gravitate towards these, right? Resident Evil, Dead Space, uh, yeah. Dying Light. I love John these was games. all, check, check, check about yeah. all these games. <laughs> yeah. John it, likes being just, scared, apparently. It's one thing to watch a scary movie, but when you're, when you're, when you're control. doing control of your own survival, that's not, you can't, re- you can't replace that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, Particularly yeah. when you, particularly when you're, it's like, um, what's the one? I forgot the name of it now, but all you have is a video camera with a, with a night vision oh, uh, lens. Outlast. Outlast. You have no was, weapons. Was, you can't fight anybody. There's oh, no, you can't, no, you can't kill anybody. You're just walking you just, around looking at bats, looking at creepy stuff. And they can kill you, but you can't do anything to them. As far as another scary thing for this game that I didn't expect, when you are on top of a skyscraper scaling the thing, like, I feel scared as I'm going up. I'm like, oh my god, I don't want to fall off. I don't even want to, you know, waste that five, six, seven seconds falling to the ground if I mess up a jump here. (laughs) Yeah, well, like the second, like the second half of dying, the original Dying Light, you come into this city that's a little bit more taller buildings but this but this place i mean this like this is a this is a skyscraper this this place has skyscrapers i mean it's 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 huge Huge. Huge. it's like it's like um it's like the zombie apocalypse manhattan i mean it's just and plus i mean the foliage and the colors i mean it's just a beautiful it's a beautiful place to explore it reminds me of when I watched my, my little brother play Grand Theft Auto and he just he flies or finds some way to the tallest building just so he can jump off and parachute nice. down. <laughs> nice. And they and uh, they build this into the game. So it's like you're going to go to the tallest tower because like yeah. we have it here. And why wouldn't a we lot of games don't it? make you go there? Like right. you say, they say they can tempt you to go there because you find out there's either a treasure or, you know, whatever. But if they make you go there, that's pretty dope, to be honest. Andy, you were talking about the audio. You said that you wanted to highlight that. Oh, yeah. The, the sound in this game is incredible. You'll hear things yelling at you from behind or just, you know, a random person yelling in the background, lady screaming, something happened. You know, you don't know where it is. Oh, something could adding. be happening. Something couldn't be happening. It's just as you're running everywhere. It's, <clears throat> plus, plus you, I mean, you hear, good. you hear people getting attacked. 
and mm-hmm. and, and they're screaming and they're asking they're yelling for you to help them and you can yeah yep some of them but you can help sometimes you just can't get there in time. what's the game i'm drawing a blank right now you guys played it they're coming out with a second one it's the the female is the main character and you hear voices the whole game oh hellblade, uh, hellblade. is it that was a that was eerie to me. Is it is that a different mm. eeriness in Dying Light? Is it kind of the same? It's it has different... that it has that kind of audio quality to yes. it. But it's... that audio quality, but a whole different type of vibe to it. But that's yeah. like spooky stuff. But you know, you have one of those you have one of those horrible, nasty creatures that live down in the subways during the day and, Dude, and they like see this. you. Yeah. They see you and you have to run. I mean, if you get beefy enough, you can take one on, I guess, but Best thing to do is just get out, get just, just that's run. Right. You see one of the volatiles. I mean, they they the look volatiles. Pretty, that's right. Yeah, the, volatiles. the volatiles look pretty similar to how they were in the first game. Once you see your first one, you're like, those are the ones I need to run from. Yep. So okay. it was a volatile, kind of like Big Daddy. Yeah, it's kind of like, kind of like the big. There are bigger ones. Like there are some that carry around big clubs. There's one guy who's yeah. just like super muscular zombie dude. <laughs> that's that's the official name yeah super, super muscular, muscular zombie, zombie dude because john if you remember you let me borrow bioshock and you didn't even really know me then and i ran up to big daddy the first time i ever saw him thinking i could just fight him and you mm. went nope <laughs> i said nope <laughs> not gonna happen so was the was the was the big daddy more difficult to beat than the ogre in sekiro no because <laughs> i beat a big daddy yeah i bet you f the ogres all of them ogres. <laughs> Isn't Big Daddy? Wasn't that? Didn't it used to be the name of? Um... And, and in 2002, I was kind of getting in a in a groove. Yeah. Uh, it was in the club scene, double fist and drinks, and for, <laughs> for about a three month period, it was Big Daddy. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, Andy, anything anything else you want to add uh, add about this? There was something that a, a friend brought up to me that I thought was probably a good point because I noticed yeah, it while it. I was playing, mm-hmm. and I, I just didn't second guess my thought process behind it but there are times when you're walking through a building or something and you know there's the floor layout and then there are zombies laid out and there are times where you look at it and you can tell somebody put the zombies there and you're just <laughs> like you know it kind of takes me out of the, the game a little bit somebody put like, the zombies there like there'll be a small pathway It'll be right in front of you, and the zombie will be facing directly at you. And you're just like, oh, they put this here because they don't want me to do it directly in front of the zombie. They obviously want me to go under this table around and then choke the zombie out if I have that opportunity. <laughs> I'm going to choke a zombie out. Have you ran across that, John? Do you know yeah. what he's talking about? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's like a small thing that I'm just like, I, there are small, uh, there are definitely bugs in the game that did the same thing to me, where like, as I was finishing the game, uh, characters were loading in places like directly in front of where I'm supposed to talk to somebody. And yeah. then all of a sudden the character I'm talking to walks through that person. And I'm like, uh, that wasn't supposed to happen, huh? And I'm just yeah. like, the uh, glitch is, have you, have you had anything game breaking or, or at least made you had to restart? Uh, there are a few times where my frame rate drops for what seems like no reason. And I'm just like, really? I got, I got a 2080 super and I'm usually running 60 to 90 frames all the time in 2k. This yeah. shouldn't be an issue. And I restart the game. It's fine. So I would assume there's probably some good optimization stuff that they're doing uh, to iron out a lot of this stuff. Well, I can, <clears throat> when I go into my settings on my card, I, for some reason with, I don't know if it's AMD across the board, but it doesn't 
it doesn't track my FPS. It doesn't, I mean, it, it tracks how long I've played. I mean, mm-hmm. the game card says I've played this game 70 hours. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. I've played yeah. it closer to 30, 35 hours. Um, yeah, I gotta be but, somewhere in that hours too. Did you, did you, did you more so blaze through the story or did you, did you stop and look at the, did you do a lot of. All right. So here's the deal. I started playing the game when it came out. No big deal. All right. I was going through, picking up everything <laughs> as I'm story. going along. And then John comes through and he's, he sends this text message that says, Hey, you want to be on the show to talk about dying light? And I'm like, <laughs> that's my bad, by the way. Oh, that's totally my bad. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I, I absolutely do. At first, uh, I said, I, I got my new job. I'm doing trading. Uh, but <laughs> luckily, new job is really cool and doesn't care about, you know, life happening and cool things happening. So they're like, yeah, no problem, dude. You got to like, go early. Did you tell me a world famous gaming podcast? Uh, well, I, you know what? I'll have to show them this episode so they can, so they can be <laughs> like, here, oh, this bro. is the reason why I wasn't here at work today. <laughs> Well, Andy, you, you know, this. you've listened to the show long enough to know that Chris is the only person that finishes games around here. Yeah, and he yeah, lets you know true. it very early <laughs> on in his review. Uh, he finishes early, is that what you're saying? Yes, that too. Uh, Notoriously well, known for that. Well, <laughs> I've, I heard say, things, I've heard things. Yeah. I, I put, when I was first playing, I, I'll say I explored Villador almost entirely. Mm-hmm. And then... After you texted me, I was like, you know what? I got to I probably got to see what's up with the story and see what's going awesome. on. Got to roll in. Let's go. Like, but Andy, you have to, to finish this game so that I don't have to. No, no. That's messed I knew up. that yeah. wasn't happening. I figured you probably weren't going to have finished the game by then because <laughs> I know that you like to take your time with games, and that's absolutely fine. Yeah, it totally yeah, wasn't I a slight. Just funny. Good to save. Me, good save. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like reading. I do this a lot. Sometimes I bring this up. Sometimes I don't. Um, mm-hmm. But with you guys here, I, I, I usually type in the game, right? Yep. And in, in Google, it'll give you top stories about the trending game. One of them, of course, is that there's a new uh, update, 1.06, that comes out today. This is apparently going to fix a death loop issue and more. I don't know if you guys knew about that. Uh, Polygon saying, this was from two days ago, that Dying Light has the best climbing since Breath of the Wild. Ooh. So there's, that's, that's pretty hefty, right? No, I, um, I would say it's better than Breath of the Wild mechanically. Yeah. Uh, gameplay mechanic wise, I think they both fit what they were supposed to do very, very yeah. well. Yeah, nice. they're, they're kind of just they're kind of different systems. I mean, right? Yeah. Like you have to look for different things. Like, have you ever played the VR climbing games? No, but I want to. But they're, you're climbing, and I'm scared of heights. Right. So, but what they do in the game is they like highlight the ledges where you're supposed to grab a little bit when you're first playing, so you can kind of get the feel of what you're supposed to look for. Yeah. And they kind of walk you through the same thing here. There'll be little things that you'll be like, "Wait, I could grab onto that." I like I wouldn't have even guessed. Yeah. Do you have a stamina gauge? I guess then. Uh, I turned off most of the HUD elements when I started playing, so I don't know if there's a gauge for stamina. But uh, right. there is a gauge for stamina. Yeah, there's a gauge. Yeah, there's a gauge for stamina. So that's probably what I, I didn't like that part about Breath of the Wild. But I guess you and have well, to, like Breath of the Wild, you can build it up over time. Yeah, yep. Buttercup. Yeah. That's what's up. I uh, put most of my uh, upgrades into stamina over combat. I started right. to. Yeah. yeah. Kotaku saying that Dying Light's post-apocalypse world would be more fun if you had the option to just hang out sometimes. You guys agree on that? Like, why play the game then, right? That's so Kotaku to me. Hang right. out sometimes? Like, hang like, out. Hang out in the game? Like, like yeah, just, just hang exp- out in the game and not worry well, about zombies, I guess. That's kind of all you want to do. I mean, that's probably... I can do that. That sounds like I can do that in the game already. 
Yeah, I totally can do <laughs> so that. So what are they talking about? I don't know. I don't and know. apparently uh, the last one says, where are all the guns in Dying Light 2? Does that mean you guys don't have guns? You just got bats with nails in it? Well, that's a little spoilery, but you know, it, it, I, it does taste, it takes place about 16 years after Haran in the first game. Yeah, the one would have to assume right, right. that they've pretty much expelled all the ammunition that exists in the world. Or at least on Haran for sure. Yeah, sure. Haran. Yeah. It is an island, isn't it? I don't know. I think it's an island nation of Haran. It's supposed to be in Europe. I, I read a whole, like, I've, yeah. watched a video of the like story. Yeah. But yeah, this is, I mean, I, I, uh, I've been, I don't think we covered, I think this show, um, started after Dying Light came out. So I don't think I ever had a chance. We ever had a chance to talk about the first game on the show. So it's really cool. I feel like you did. You think so? I mean, I've mentioned it so many times. Guy behind the glass. Did we talk about uh, Dying Light on the show? Did it get Thanos? If we count maybe like 50 episodes per year. I mean, we Yeah, I know. it's like 16 years ago. Real close. Real close. Sorry, what? The The game came out in 2015. The show started in 2015. I just don't know if we ever touched on it. Yeah. I think we were too well, busy were talking about. <laughs> we were too busy talking about Witcher and Evolve. Dude, if I heard one more thing about The Witcher or Evolve, <laughs> like legitimately, Greatest I had it. <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you one thing about The Witcher Three. I haven't played it. I haven't either. Really? I bought it and traded it in, but without opening it. <laughs> I had to open it up at GameStop to trade it in. Uh, I hate it because Chris, Chris, Chris played it enough for everybody. He did. Uh, did. Are you guys at a point? I mean, I don't want to. I do. This is fantastic. This is probably the best covered game of all time. Let's go. <laughs> um, before I ask you if you're ready to whip anything out on a table, do you have anything else you want to add? Any gripes, concerns, just last minute points? I will add that uh, I will say the stories, even the small ones in the second one, they, they still got the emotions going. Like every time I run into something new, they, they kind of throw good scenarios at you that. It's almost like watching little mini movies as, mini as you're movies. doing a thing. Little mini yeah. movies going on in the background. It's like, oh yeah, Haran's an island. There's real people living on it. They got stuff going on too. It's not just the main story that's going on. It, it kind of makes that, it, it brings that point well to the game. What you got, John? Yeah, John, did you did you completely pass bad. out, John, but your eyes are open? What's happening right now? John is hammered. Man, the red label has, very has won. <laughs> the red label won. 4.5 needs more light. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the comment of the show, ladies and gentlemen. No, I, I think I've I think I've said everything um that needs what um just out of curiosity, uh Andy, did you did you think that the character Sounded a lot like Crane. It, it has to be the same voice actor. Got to be. Not. I didn't look it up. Are we talking about? It sounds the like same. who? Crane. Cr- Crane was guy. the character from the original game. Oh, okay. And, they, and when Krang. you're, I'm listening like, to it. I'm Ninja like, does, does this character have amnesia or something? And he doesn't realize that he's the original guy. But I thought there was going to um, be some relation at some point. Yeah, but there's yeah, yeah. Spoiler, you mean like like Obi Wan Kenobi? <clears throat> In a new hope who acts like he has no idea mm-hmm. 
you know, that's, what's going that's on. That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> You're like, bro. I will tell you, you don't know the whole story after you finish the game, too. Like, like there's, there's more to this. Ooh. Well, there's 500 more hours of it that we haven't put. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's only 450 at this point. Come on. That's so awesome. <laughs> 450, uh, yeah. No, so Chris, the uh, for the guy behind the glass, ever. gave a tip to anybody who's playing this game uh, with an NVIDIA card. Uh, if you have any issues, turn off your RTX. That should help you. That's a pro tip. And Chris also wanted you guys to know he finished games. So there you go. He finishes them, buddy. Well, I asked him this week how um, you know how a certain game that you I'll leave unmentioned. Well, uh, well, you know, yeah. Horizon came out last week, and it's amazing. I, I cannot wait to talk about it. I asked him how it was going, and he said. I have not even played the main story. And I'm like, Dude. So, I'm like, so cause you're too distracted by everything else. And he said pretty much. Yes. Yep. The, just in the same way, in the same meme of dying light squirrel, I got to It's full of squirrels. Like me and him had to talk about it and I don't want to get too much into it, but yeah, you go, you crawl up on a tall neck. Right. And then all of a sudden there's more stuff to squirrel <laughs> on a tall neck. <laughs> Huh? Yeah, on a tall neck? that's the name Dude, of I my what? On a tall neck, you hear me? Oh man! Oh. <laughs> so, Andy, you ready to you ready to drop your Richard? Oh, dropping a Richard. My preliminary Richard is. I don't know. I I I gotta I gotta give it a nine. There there wasn't enough bad things in this for me to think it was any less than a nine. Like I, I, I honestly love the stories in it so far. I can't wait to play through the rest of the 450 hours of entertainment wow. in this game. But I'll be waiting for all the DLCs. We got, we got a nine, John. Everyone. Andy gave us a nine, bro. A what, John? Andy gave us a nine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think I'm in relative agreement with uh, with Andy, and you know I've got much more to play. I've got. I think I'm about 60 to 70% done with the story. Mm. Um, but my provisional score, because you know how much these scores matter. In, in, you know, they do. <laughs> they're really I, serious. Yeah, our listeners <laughs> literally hang on know, to them, they're, they're really serious scores. I would say I, I'm at a 9.3. Um, you know, mm. I've, I've got the, I've got the whole, I, I'm, I'm, I'm completely invested in this world and I can't wait to stop worrying about the story. And go do all the other things I want to do because it's like, man, I just want to do that. I just want to do that. I just want to, you know. Hands always has to have a longer Richard. Mm. Do uh, yeah, just by a little bit, right? Just by a never mind. Just uh, by the tip. <laughs> do you guys have any um angst uh with the arrival of I don't know, like Horizon that's already sitting out there? Do you want to go to that or even Elden Ring coming out? Does, well, does, the thing do- is, for me, I don't I don't know about Andy, but for me, because of the show, um it's like I want to spend the rest of the week playing this as much as possible, skip Horizon, understanding that two people might already have this covered, yeah, and then just dive into Elden Ring to get yeah, a jump. Yeah, there's time to do that. Get a jump start, unless unless we're putting some padding in between those games with stuff like I don't know Lost Ark. <laughs> we could definitely do that. Yeah, yeah right. that's a good that's Uncharted, a good live show the pitch. Uncharted movie, the Cuphead series on TV. So. Dude, those are great ideas. Yeah. Yeah, Horizon for me, I, I will probably wait for PC because uh, there's not a magical PS5 in my living room right now, and uh, I don't have the opportunity right you now. You had the hookup. I, you know, I still have a hookup. It's still okay, <laughs> but uh, 
that You're hard to mean get. I have the money. True, yeah, you, true. We, Andy, we got to work on getting me a 6800 XT. Yeah, That's all you want. want. I'll find it for you. You just let me know when you're ready to pull the trigger. I got you. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I got you. You do, know, you do know the street values of those 6800 XTs right now, right, John? Well, it's not MSRP anymore. Well, I know, but I can find one. I, <laughs> but I just thought Andy was talking about MSRP. Right. MSRP is uh, great. Listen, MSRPs uh, kept going up the more they came out with new cards. It's weird. They have, That's oh, it. there's new 660. People are willing XT. to pay for it? Ooh. Raise it up. They are. Mm. They might as well. Yay. Yay. Speaking of yay, that was a fantastic review. Thank you guys so much. And Andy. Thank you for adding so much to that. That's, that's really nice. The Thank man behind the glass, uh, Chris, uh, I don't know what we say. John, what do we say here when we're ready to stop talking about the topic? Is this where we wrap uh, it up or no? I get confused. Chris just says, and we're out, and he'll cut us off in mid-sentence. All up the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. And uh, before we get started with news, I want to officially give a shout out to Andy once again. He is doing fantastic. Uh, nerves of steel. This guy looks fantastic, bringing knowledge to the to the show, and we totally appreciate that. And the sexy uh, red mic, I got to tell you. Yeah, I'm a little jealous. It is, uh, as he pointed out, he, oh, and he, he did the thing, and it's muted now. Red means is on. Look at that. Happened? Bro. It's nice. Is that a HyperX? Is that what the is that the yeah, brand? He's, I'm gonna he's upgrade it to the, the RGB one because you know RGB is the best thing you can buy for your computers ever. You heard it here. Yeah, there are some people, John, when you build computers, like don't RGB it up. I don't like those people. Um, but what <laughs> I do like is the PSVR two, and today we got a first look. And I got to tell you, I still can't stand up properly. Sony has revealed its first look at the PlayStation VR two headset, which as a similar aesthetic to the PS5. Sony Senior Vice President of Platform Experience, Hideaki Nishino, explained that the look of PSVR 2 was inspired by the curved, white and black look of the PS5. Curved like a banana. It's gigantic. Like a banana. Uh, <laughs> according to the design, <laughs> the key is immersion, quote, to the point where you almost forget you're using a headset or controller. End quote. It, it, it keeps it keeps a balanced weight and adjustable headband, uh, but adds a lens adjustment dial with a reduction in weight. And I gotta tell you, and I'm, I'll say this and kind of see your thoughts. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, you just yeah. it's just so crazy that Andy just happened to have a banana on hand. You're you know what is going on? Is, yes, as we said, curve like a banana. <laughs> And uh, it's he purple. brought out a purple banana. Uh, oh man, whatever. Nice. Hey, you do you, Andy. You do, do you, you, bro. I like it. Uh, I, I Chris, uh, before I saw it on the news, Chris was like, "Hey, did you did you hey psst, did you see the news on the PSVR two first look?" I was like, "No, I didn't." <laughs> and so he said, "Go over to Igen." That's what he says. He doesn't say IGN. He says Igen, kind of like SNES. SNES. It's, it's what hate, he does. I hate that guy, <sighs> dude. You know what? But anyway, he, he muted me. It. <laughs> and we're muted. Uh, but it looks great. And the fact that it does adjust. So if you've ever played like the Oculus, right? The thing, like you get neck muscles. Like you're like, ah, because it's so heavy, right? Because everything's right there in the unit. 
Um, and if they got it, if they got it balanced where it's going to feel like there's almost nothing on your head, you know, I'm signing up for this. I'm getting it day one. I don't know about you guys' thoughts and prayers, but I'd like to hear them now. You going to stream it? Yes. Good. I hope so. Yeah. Mm. Can't wait to see it. Yeah. I've got that, uh, that thing right here, Andy. That thing. Yeah. That thing's right there. And the PlayStation's already hooked up. I'm going to go. Thing. I got it. It's this way. That way. He's yeah. got a thing. He's got a thing. <laughs> As far as tech goes, I think it's supposed to be, and I could have read this wrong, but it's supposed to be somewhere between the Oculus, but not as advanced as the Valve. Uh, Valve? HTC Valve? Yeah. Um. So we're looking at a we're looking at a sizable upgrade, folks. <laughs> yeah. It's got the same pixels as far as this, from the screen field of like the Oculus Two, which is fantastic. It's, but it's got a wider field as well. It also is introducing this new tech that's capturing your eye movement, which a lot of people who put on a VR headset forget to turn your head to see things sometimes. So this is going to be cool to see how that plays out. It's also got a different screen, though. Uh, I want to say the Oculus is an LED screen. I heard this, it was an OLED. This is an OLED, yes, where the Oculus is an LED. Oh, right. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. so this is nice. Plus, they finally get to retire those PlayStation Move controllers after all these years. They brought them out of retirement. Yeah. It was sad. Those new controllers look sexy. I had two controllers when VR first came out. I'm like, oh, look at that. I've got something for these. And then they were just like. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, but I, to be honest, one of the biggest turn turnoffs, uh, the more you play the PS VR 1, is the way that those those lights on those controllers, the move controllers, can get lost, especially when you enjoy VR on something like a, a Oculus, you know, two Quest two, where the controllers are in your hands, everything's in the unit, and it's all just butter. So, are you finally getting in the game, John? Are you going to get a PSVR two? Um, I don't, I don't feel any need to. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, unless unless they do a a Dead Space, <laughs> well, they are doing Horizon VR. Horizon yeah, I'm good. Zero, yeah, it's fine. You I don't need to see. Anyway. I don't need to see Aloy up close. Yes, you do. I'd love to see Aloy up close. I, I love see Aloy. Airs everybody's. I said about. it out loud. Well, if I get if I get a PSVR two, it'll be your fault. No, it's your fault if I don't get one. Speaking of fault, <laughs> man. We're getting better at this. Yeah. It's, uh, I hate to break it to you, but it is, uh, it's Halo's fault. And let me explain why. EA, that's Electronic Arts, has admitted that Battlefield 2042 did not meet expectations, both critically and sales-wise. It has been reported that EA blamed factors such as Halo Infinite and the ongoing COVID pandemic. You think a decade from now people are going to go due to the COVID pandemic? EA had an internal company-wide meeting in which Chief Studios Officer Laura Meal acknowledged many problems with development to include revamping the Frostbite engine. Quote, all new tech, it was basically a new engine. They went back, the Frostbite version they were on was so old they had to go back and update. So it was basically putting the game on a new engine. She also cited COVID as a contributing factor, stating, quote, Add up all these new innovations, and then you add a global pandemic halfway into the project where the game teams had to work from home. We ended up with, with, huh, I don't know what I wrote there. We ended up with new variables in development 
than we have ever experienced before. Finally, she claimed the surprise launch of Halo Infinite's multiplayer has was a turning point, which came out four days prior to Battlefield's global release on November 19th. Now, I'm not all about, you know, assigning blame, but I think I think she has a point. Um, and, and it seemed like it seemed like Twitter, everybody sort of scoffed at the idea that they were blaming another game's release. And I understand I understand where they're coming from because it's like, you know, if your game was good, what would you have to worry about? Um, but you know, if we recall, Halo Halo Infinite's multiplayer surprisingly came out to everybody earlier than expected, and it obviously surprised EA. It obviously surprised the industry as a whole. Um, but I, I I think about this, and what immediately came to mind as far as this having validity, because I think this claim does have some validity. Um, the best, arguably the best shooter, the best multiplayer shooter that came out one year got buried because of Battlefield 1 and whatever Call of Duty came out that year, and that was Titanfall 2. So the general rule, and, and I, don't, I don't understand why, we, you know, as an industry, we haven't learned this yet, as a, as a general rule that the holiday season has only room for two multiplayer shooters, and that's barely two. Um, but, the, you know, that's just my thoughts on it. I mean, Andy, you seem to be nodding your head in some... I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, we're having oh, fun. Yeah. Well, I do kind of uh, agree with Twitter on a slight bit saying, this This sounds like another excuse, but I mean, it's like an excuse that why wouldn't you use it at this point? Like, if it's actually affecting your workflow, put it out there. I mean, people are going to believe it or they ain't going to believe it at this point. So what's the harm that could happen? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, 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 are you talking about are you talking about blaming Halo or blaming COVID? Specifically? Oh, blaming COVID specifically. Oh, okay. Halo, I mean, yeah. They, like, are you, like you said, they should have learned from Titanfall too. At this point, there, there's zero excuse, in my opinion, that, that, that you can blame Halo as being a sole reason. Like, yeah, they're kind of throwing everything at the wall here, being like, yeah, Halo, COVID, bunch of different stuff, guys. Well, I mean, I, I don't. I, what I'm saying is, I think the I, I think the Halo blaming. And I don't use the, I, I don't know that, I think that the media tackled this in a little bit different light than what would, and what was intended. I think, I think we I think they were asking their, their board, I think they were asking their people honest assessments of what played into account here. And when, and when Halo dumped their multiplayer out early, that had to, by the mm-hmm. numbers, had to have an effect. Had to. Because four days later is when their game dropped, you know, and, and look, it's a combination of Halo dropping. The game wasn't that strong to begin with. I think the biggest contributor is the fact the game wasn't that strong. Let's be clear. But, you know, I, I think it would be silly to ignore the fact that Halo had a profound impact, just like Battlefield and Call of Duty had a profound impact on Titanfall 2's ability to make any headway in the market. So I think it's valid. I don't know. I don't know how I wouldn't weigh it as the most the biggest contributing factor is all I'm saying. Usually, uh, default to my little brother when it comes to Call of Duty, Battlefield, and all the uh, the yearly FPS shooters that come out because he he's a big COD guy. He loves picking every single version up. He didn't pick up last year's COD right away though, and that's when I was just like, "All right, something's happening now." If my brother doesn't want to play it anymore, something's going wrong. Was he playing Halo? Uh, no, Halo's not his thing. He's uh, he's sticking it with Rocket League with me, and um, okay, he's playing something else with his friends. I can't remember Fortnite. 
He does play Fortnite, and uh, oh, I scold him for it every day. Uh, Twenty. <laughs> oh, three, four, yeah. Uh to be yeah. The good old days, right? Mm. Oh my god, old that's back shit. when I was independent, <laughs> and I emphasized it. What? <laughs> <laughs> Ubisoft emphasized its independence. Uh, during a recent investment meeting, Ubisoft emphasized its independence regarding acquisitions, specifically. Quote, Ubisoft can remain independent. RIPs are sought after by the biggest global players in entertainment and tech. Having said that, if there were, to offer to, if there were an offer to buy us, the board of directors would, of course, review it in the interest of all stakeholders. Wait, what? Are they telling us something? Obviously this, is a <laughs> Obviously, this is a standard statement that leaves itself open to possibilities. So, who's next? Who's going to buy Ubisoft? It's almost like this is saying two different things. It's like, we see you, Bungie. Mm -hmm. We see what you did there. But they're also, you know, nailing in the for sale sign in their front yard. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like right. Listen, I still got the the addition going up on the house, but uh, yeah, the for sale signs. Yeah, it's right here. You got it's right here. Yeah, there's an offer. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what their last big hit was. Was it might have been Valhalla? I don't know what uh, Valhalla. Um, <laughs> but I think, I mean, I think they're struggling right now with um, kind of a desert wasteland of nothing coming out for a while. Yeah. Um, there's there's rumors of an Assassin's Creed type game, like an Assassin's Creed spinoff, maybe coming out this year. Um, right. but maybe they're needing a an an influx of cash from somebody that's the game with to... that pig's coming out. What's it called? Oh. Beyond Good and Evil Two. Yeah, yeah. that one. That no release date fine. in sight. No release date in sight. The only thing that I know of that's coming out for sure is Mario Plus Rabbids, and but that's. I, I mean, that's all I know. I know they're working on a new division. I know they're new, working on the legendary Assassin's Creed stuff. You know that they're still working on a Beyond Good and Evil. You know they're still working on that pirate game they're doing. Mm -hmm. But that's but but we don't have any definitive information on that. So maybe people maybe they're just subtly going, "Hey, PlayStation, right? Come on!" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. Ten cents. It's such a weird. It's such a weird grab, though. You know, for them, that for that headline to kind of be out there, and for that statement to exist. I feel like somebody just wanted to ask the question so that they could make it be like, oh yeah, see, you would, you would, of course, say that you would take an offer or look at an offer. So why don't we just make this article and right. make it look like this? <laughs> right. I mean, right. who wouldn't want to own Rayman? Right. I mean, come on, Rayman's yeah, wonderful. We haven't seen one of those in a while. Uh, anyway, uh, anyway, yeah. yeah. So, by the way, yeah. John, by it's the way, just Kat, speculation. It's speculation at this point. Yeah, let me speculate real quick before you speculate on something else. How great <laughs> lemon heads are! I'm They're, addicted to them. Well, well I was talking about lemon drops last week, wasn't I? Yeah, and this this sure. is what happened. Yeah. This is a direct result of that. I'm in. I'm an influencer. All mm -hmm. right, but that's just speculation at this point. And and lemonheads are very retro. They really are. They let's, are. Put all, let's put all that together. Yeah. Uh, there's some retro speculation spe <laughs> speculation going on. Did you know that Metroid Prime Four was announced five years ago? Maybe five years ago in June. 
we may have gotten some subtle news that and from retro retro as it recently updated its Twitter banner with a silhouette of Samus appearing to emerge from some some sort of spacecraft. Have y'all seen this illustration? It's very good. You go to their Twitter account and you can see the banner. Uh, some have uh, welcomed this slight tease, while others have been more critical that this is all we are getting at this point. After five years, we recently received news of job postings for tools engineer and a tech engineer, and we keep and we will keep you posted on whether Chris gets an interview. But with the new Twitter banner, many fans are hoping that new information on Metroid Prime Four is right around the corner. If they don't announce a release date in the June time frame, I'm just going to pretend like this game never existed to begin with. This was, this was gaslighting by Nintendo. Oh, definitely. I mean, let's be honest. Miyamoto's never really liked Metroid anyway, so who cares? Such well, an overrated. We need to see. We know. <laughs> um, we know you love Metroid. I need some, to would see say, some would say more than Zelda. More than Zelda. Yeah, probably so. I think I'm so. trying to find your tweet, John. It's very oh, hard for me. I, I, I found it. It's, it's, it's just nice. It's, just, it's, it's blue. Just matter. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, the, the illustration at the top of their Twitter. Definitely seems like a tease. But honestly, if people have forgotten that they already said they basically have to like redo the game, I mean. Yeah, ori- yeah, because originally Bandai Namco was announced as the developer of the game. And apparently a year and a half later, it wasn't going well. They, they said, retro, please step in and do this for us. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't you know what, what I think, John, I think with the success of the last Metroid game that we all love that mm-hmm. came out, you know, the one we just played, John. Yeah. The right. world got to talking about where's Metroid prime four again. And they were like, you're oh, yeah. right. Where was we got to get on that. <laughs> <laughs> Metroid pride four. Oh, I'm yeah. hoping that the weekly games chat. I'm hoping know. they do something a little different with this one. I I want I want an over the shoulder third person shooter. Old school with Metroid. I want Metroid to look like Returnal, just not the roguelike. I, I want it to. Uh, when you play yeah. Returnal, you go. This is so how Samus moves. I mean, this is, and even back to um, what's that game? Yeah, whatever. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it does because your brain just failed you. It did. And it's the, terrible it, when that it was, happens. It was an Xbox exclusive a number of years ago from the from the some developers who actually worked on the original Metroid Prime. I ran out of air. Metroid Prime. Are, are you hammered? No, I I have <laughs> asthma. Sometimes I just run out of oxygen. I, did, I don't want to, and I'm sorry. I just I I'm fine. I wasn't. I was just. You're <laughs> a fighter. You know that. You you were a fighter. You know, you you're the fighter. Is this me? No, it's me. Yeah, we could. Sean. Yeah, we could just do this. It's fine. Just take, take it to the streets. E-A-N, yeah, Sean. I I love Street Fighter Two back in the day, and I can't oh, believe it's yeah. gonna be a six now. Capcom you. is moving on from six years of support for Street Fighter Five with the official announcement of Street Fighter Six. This was the official tease from Capcom's countdown website, with many speculating that it was either Street Fighter news or possible Resident Evil news. According to the company, more news on Street Fighter Six will be coming in the summer. Capcom has also announced a Capcom fighting collection with 10 titles, including the full Dark Stalkers series, and will release on June 24th of 2022 for PS4, Switch, Steam, and Xbox One. 
A lot of news coming from the Capcom camp, huh? If you saw the graphic, it showed like this image of of uh, of Ryu. Some say Ru. I don't remember. I don't I know. I say who. Ryu. Ryu. Um, I thought when I first looked at it, I was like, "Is that the Hulk?" <laughs> he had some sort <laughs> yeah, of dude. He uh, he, he had this greenish on. tint to him, and I thought, "Is this just the Hulk?" Kind of looks like him, but you know, I I don't know that. Did they say? whether it's exclusive to PlayStation this time around, like it was five. No, they're saying it's coming out for everything. No, that's the, um, that's the 10 titles. Oh, the, oh, the, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, I, I don't think so. It says, uh, basically more info is coming out this summer and that's it. Cool. I'm looking at the, the IGN site now and I'm seeing that, that teaser trailer play and yeah, he does it like the Hulk and Yeah. I used to uh, my 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 mother back when I was a kid used to go to the chiropractor every few days and we would drive up to Macon and the chiropractor's office was right next to a Toys R Us, so she would go and it was right next to Toys R Us and a comic book store. So I would I would either go to the Toys R Us or the comic book store. But when Street Fighter Two came out, I spent most of my time going to that Super N- Super NES station because it was it had it had street fighter two in it and there were lines of kids like it was an arcade um just waiting to play street fighter two i remember those lines at toys r us i miss yeah. that kind of stuff yeah those, those were good times. good times i mean i would go there every week every every time every time the store was open and it was always the same kids there trying to play this game because it back then it never had this thing where the where the demo would reset you could just play it as long as you wanted to um it was it was like going to the arcade and I didn't have to pay a quarter for it. <laughs> so I do like when and you do this from time to time, but you paint the most the most bestest picture <laughs> of the timeline from back in your childhood. And I love back it. in it, my it, day. It is fun hearing stories from his childhood. He does a that's, really good job with those. That's yeah. the beauty of old man chat. Yeah. <laughs> Many eons ago. Yeah. It's a good timeline. Yeah. It's a good timeline. It sure is, so let's reveal some timelines regarding the Activision Blizzard acquisition. The discussions between Microsoft and Activision. I can't. I always have trouble with this. Another step. Don't worry about it. Yeah. The discussion. <laughs> the discussion. You want to read this, Andy? I'll, I'll try it. You know what? Why not? Give it a go. Honorary news. Honorary go. The timeline the revealed. The discussion between Microsoft and Activision Blizzard apparently began much more recently than we could have imagined. (gasps) According to new reports, Microsoft approached Activision Blizzard just three days after the Wall Street Journal report on Bobby Kotick. Three days after, huh? The regulatory filing revealed that Spencer had been discussing a different topic, quote, before telling Kotick that Microsoft wanted to talk to him about strategic opportunities between the two companies. On November 9th, or, or sorry, on November 19th, in quotes, between Mr. Spencer and Mr. Kodak, Mr. Spencer rated that Microsoft was interested in discussing strategic opportunities between Activision Blizzard and Microsoft and asked whether it would be possible to have a call with Mr. Nadella the following day. Mr. Kodak agreed to participate in such discussion in a call on November 20th, 2021, between Messrs. Kodak and Nadella. Mr. Nadella indicated that Microsoft was interested in exploring a strategic combination with Activision Blizzard. What do you think they were talking about prior to all this? 
You got a different topic, obviously. (laughs) Right. Remember when we first saw this news, we thought this was years in the making and blah, 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 blah. No. No. This was in the bargain bin. This was like, bro. (laughs) Well, we got a sale. Wow. Wow. It's it's crazy. I love the the journalistic side of the news that we do. I love love seeing this kind of stuff unfold. Um, I don't love seeing the mess that really happened that made this unfold, of course, but. It's just to me, it's amazing the reflexive things that we and the and people in the industry say. Well, you know, these acquisitions, they have they, this must have been a year in the making. <laughs> we do that, but you know, it's like, no, this was this was last week, yo. Yeah, like legitimately, like, coding's like you buying, you selling. Right. Listen, I need to know before I put the turkey in the oven, dog. This is All almost right. like a this is almost like a handshake. It really, really I is. I feel like Crazy. these communications can happen a lot faster than we think, for sure. Yeah. But who, I mean, you got to run the numbers. You got to check all yeah, the stuff. Those numbers, you, could, you could get a program to have all the numbers you need to be like, hey, I want to sell my company. Let me just pull up this program, pull up all my numbers right here. Be like, plug and play. Who's is this buying? Good? Microsoft. This is good today. Selling Activision Blizzard and run. Not today, Microsoft. Uh, <laughs> run the numbers again. You have 24 hours. Or yeah. run the number. Hit a button. All right, you're done. Here you go. Well, wow. we definitely haven't seen the last of this story we, at all. But you know, as it re- as it relates to other Last of Us type things, you know, we got an update. So that's how we roll. Fans of the Last of Us, yeah, that's that's me. We'll have to wait just a bit longer before the premiere of the upcoming HBO series. Boo. HBO Chief Content Officer Casey Bloys said that the upcoming TV show will not premiere until at least 2023. Jesus Lord, it's not going to air in 2022. They are still shooting in Canada. I imagine you will see it in 2023. I've seen some early episodes and I'm very excited. Craig did Chernobyl for us. He is a fantastic writer and director. What I've seen looks amazing, so I'm excited for it. But it will not be in 2022. Thanks for that bluntness, Casey Blois. Wow. Not be twenty twenty two. In the way I, I appreciate it, you know. I mean, there's there's a lot, there's enough for us to watch in twenty twenty two, right? Right. Yes, there's always enough. I we got, got, I got video games to play. I got we got video games, shows to watch, movies. We're God. good. We're good. I I am stoked to see this though. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I like The Last of Us. It'll it's a good world to play in for a, I agree. For a TV series. I agree. I, I think if you compare this directly to like say Uncharted. I think this will be in the long term perceived better by fans than than the Uncharted movie will. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But like, I think it's because exactly what you said, Andy. It's this vein of what the game is fits very good to like a small screen. It's going to be great. Nothing like a good vein. Nothing like good. (laughs) Chris is chiming in from behind the glass and he's saying. No, don't read his comments. Why? Just because he's not a part of the show anymore. He's fired. Basically, Chris's claim is the Mandalorian. Mm. Oh. Oh. The powerful Oz has spoken. (laughs) Uh, John, I brought up Uncharted. You got some box office news. Yeah, we're in Uncharted territory. Whoa! Whoa. The Uncharted movie has had a very strong opening weekend. Uh, And, Sean, we love a good opening. Um, Yeah, we do. Nice. Never mind. It had a... (laughs) It had a Uncharted. forty-four. 
It had a $44.1 million domestic weekend and is expecting to earn $52 million through the President's Day holiday. I don't know if that was accomplished, but I can assume it was. The video game adaptation also earned $55.4 million overseas with a global total of $139 million, which is more than enough to cover the production budget of $120 million. This was the fourth highest grossing video game film opening weekend of all time behind 2001's Tomb Raider, Detective Pikachu, and Sonic the Hedgehog, respectively. If I had to rank those last three movies, what do you think I I would say is the best movie out of those three? You? Yeah, me. Pikachu. 100%. That movie was so good. I didn't see it. Pokemon movie. Yeah. Mm. It was really good. You need to see it, John. I think it's better than that Sonic movie you liked. I didn't like it. <laughs> it was fine. It was that was a bad episode. I'm not, <laughs> I didn't. I was like, I don't care. We wanted to put a score on it. I'm like, I don't want to put a score on this movie. I don't even want to say it. I don't, I don't want to do this. Um, I, got, I, don't, I, even, say, I don't even want to be here. What? I, I can't wait to see where it stands because I am going to go watch Uncharted soon. I'm going to do it. I'm going to hopefully pick a time where I can pick the seat I'm going to sit in and there's not a lot of people, um, you know, at the movie theater and I can have movie nachos and movie popcorn and all that stuff. Will you buy me some popcorn? I will. Only if I can. At the... Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, we are at finally this week. And before Chris says it, I want to ask Andy if you would like to do the honors this week. John, let you read a story. I would love for you to read finally this week. Are you ready to do that? Let's do it. Uh, let, let's do it. All right, Chris, do your thing, buddy. Finally, this week. Finally, this week. <laughs> Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV upgrade. Final Fantasy XIV will be getting a visual upgrade and a return of its free trial. It will also emphasize that there are no plans to introduce NFTs. Nice. Emphasize that there are no imp- no plans. That's that's good. That's really good. No no NFTs, guys. Based on how Final Fantasy fourteen uh, is designed, we just don't intend on incorporating any sort of NFT element in the game at this point. If anybody is worried or concerned about it, I can clearly state at this time that we don't not have any. That means they do if they said don't not. Hold on that we don't have any intentions to incorporate that into the game. Back to upgrades. The official release date for the patch, 7.0, has not yet been announced, as patch 6.1 is currently scheduled for April 2022. However, the free trial begins today. Andy, you do know what we like around here, don't you? Oh, God, I do. (laughs) John, can you remind Andy and the viewers what we like around here? Um... Johnny, a just great, a great um, patch. Great, great patch. Yeah, little patch. Today was a big day, I believe. Um, in addition to this Final Fantasy fourteen update, I believe WoW is also getting a pretty big update. Oof. It was weird that they timed them up together like that. And I also believe today is the day. Am I wrong about this? Where Destiny's new expansion came out today too. Am I It'll crazy? If it wasn't in the news, it didn't happen. Right, it's not True. fake news. You know what? Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> fake. All right. So there's the news this week, and I'm still eating lemon heads because I'm a lemon head head. They're delicious. Um, 
I, I, I have ordered pizza two days in a row. Am I going to make it a third? Today's 2-2 two, two Tuesday. Wrap it up. Never. Never. Electronic mail from the future. All the way from the year 3000. That was fantastic. This this section of our show is, of course, we start with emails. It's, it's your part of the show now. We get to talk to you guys, the listeners. And we usually start that off in our, in our email section, which, of course, is weeklygameschat at gmail.com. Looks like we're going to have about four we're going to read today. John, do you have them pulled up? I do. Uh, you take two, I take two. You want to do that? I, I don't know if, if God wants to take two or one. He probably can't. He's probably. Just, it, you're fine. You're fine. Unless you just. I, we're going to go first. You like tell that, us. Doesn't matter. Go ahead, John. You go. All you right. The first one. Well, I'm going to start with uh, Devin. Uh, howdy, fellas, is the subject. <laughs> howdy, Devin. Been loving the show as always, guys. Keep up the great work. Always the best to listen to for a few hours while working for me. Awesome. I have a quick question today. Have you guys heard of the M Classic? And if so, what are your thoughts on it? It is apparently an HDMI adapter you can use to upscale the graphics on any non-4K consoles to increase the resolution and even add some anti-aliasing in order to smooth everything out as well. Andy might be the guy to speak to this. Good thing he's on the show today. Yeah, good good call. From what I see, it is very popular to use with the Nintendo Switch because everyone wants those 4K graphics for the Switch, but also works on retro consoles as well. I was thinking of trying it myself, and when I heard of it, I immediately thought of you guys and wanted to know what you think. Anyway, game on, guys, and catch you on the next episode. Game on, Devin. Thank you for the email, and yeah, I think I've heard of it, but not no, not no. Not, nope. Not anywhere close enough to be able to talk about it. Do you know about it, Andy? I have watched a video on the MK Cable at Ooh. least twice. They are there. This is information is coming basically from Linus. If you all don't know, LTTStore.com. This is a this came from Linus. But uh, so the Did MK really? Cable is cool because basically there's a chip at the end of the cable that there's has a chip its own at the end built of my cable. It's, uh, a, it's a fancier go, chip, John. It's go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> you see what the chip does. The chip is its own little built-in anti-aliasing chip. So your console sends the signal. It goes to the chip on the HDMI cable, applies whatever it does. Works for some things, not so great for other things. Like if you're emulating, it's not the greatest experience because emulation for like old CRT TVs, it deals with all kinds of different weird things if you're doing it on an LED monitor or TV. But for the Switch, I would definitely recommend trying it and paying attention to the return dates and return processes for it in case you don't like it. Because I think last time I looked, they were over $100 for the cable, and I I personally wouldn't spend that kind of money for it. But they do work. Sean, I think it's appropriate at this time to sing that famous song we haven't really sung it in a while you're but... a 
fucking nerd. Yes. No That's all I ever wanted. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. Uh, I love Thank that you. we don't we don't often plug Linus. I love that we we did that just now, and I love that you had knowledge on that. It fit per. Did you send this email in? Are are you Devin? <laughs> Ain't no reason for me to send that email into you guys. I know that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down and read. Uh, whoa, didn't know this was gonna be this long. Uh, Owen's whoa. email. Uh, Owen writes in says, "Hey, Sean, Chris, and John. All names spelled correctly. Good job. Give uh, Chris a chance to say hello. Hello. Oh." There you go. I hope everything is going well with you three. It's definitely an exciting month for video games. It sure is. It sure is. I started listening to your podcast when I was trying to find a review for Valhalla back in November of 2020. Since then, I haven't missed an episode. That's what's up. I look forward to my Wednesday commute to work because I know I'll have some great content for the drive. Thank you. Obviously, I have yet to write in. First time, long time. He didn't write that. I just, I just said that. But have been meaning to for some time. Over the past year, I've graduated college. Hats off. Congrats. Got a full-time job. Yeah. And got engaged. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, that. congratulations. Hey, it's been an exciting time to say the least. Yeah, it has, man. That's a lot going on. The reason why I'm writing in now is because of two words. Elden Ring. Preparation H. I haven't been more hyped for a game in my life. And I honestly can't contain my excitement. It's even made me want to write into the greatest gaming podcast in the world. Oh, of course. So true. My favorite game of all time is Sekiro. I can't read this. (laughs) Sekiro. Sekiro. Which I know can be a sensitive subject on the show. (laughs) And I can't wait to see how From Software software follows it. Softwell. Softwell. <laughs> my first lisp. Oh, wait, that's not a lisp. What do I got? Just a, a speech impediment at that point, right? Softwell. Softwell. <laughs> Last show, you were all talking about Saifu, Sifu, which was a stellar game that I'm happy to brag about platinuming. Nice. There was a patch. We, we all love, a good, love patch. a good patch. Released last week to make the second boss a little easier. I'm sure these changes were made after Chris submitted a... No, I'm sorry. I read that wrong. Were made after looking at the drop in trophy percentages. This update has created interesting discussions in the Saifu Sifu community regarding difficulty settings and whether the devs should have made these updates or not. Naturally, I wanted to get your opinion. My question for you is this. What are your thoughts on difficulty settings in games, especially in Sifu and from software games? Should these kinds of changes be made in reaction to how users are progressing through it? Or should the dev stand firm on how difficult they intended the game to be? Keep up the great work, and I look forward to many more awesome episodes. Game on, guys. Owen. Owen, game on, sir. Great email. I'll leave <clears> this <throat> off to John, Andy, and even Chris if he wants to. <clears throat> as, as the person who beat Sifu uh, of this podcast. There it is. There it is. Just, just want to say that again. I beat so C2. Pretentious. Yeah. It's not like I ever said that about another game that someone beat. Um, but, you know, uh, I would say this. I'm, like, confused why they had to make the second boss easier. The second boss is the easiest part of that level. It's like, that wasn't hard. The hard part is getting to that second boss because there's, like, three mini bosses you have to go through first and not die and be perfect without, like, any help. 
Um, but as far as difficulty settings in games, I'm fine with devs sticking to their guns on them as far as like if that's what they're going for, their vision, as long as the game feels fair. And most people would say that's what makes from software. Like, sure, there's you could you could argue the biggest BS that happens in from software is there's a lot of clipping damage that happens where you're behind like a pillar or something, and somehow the the boss's like blade is magical and goes through that pillar and just, you know, does damage to you. But that's about the only thing you can complain about on them. You know, the rest of the time it's just literally learning the pattern and executing. Um, but that said, um, I don't blame anyone for not trying those games because they're like, I'm not going to spend hours of my life perfecting or else having to go out there online to look up some, you know, guide in order to do it. Like, you know, you could say right now playing horizon, right? Yeah. If you want, you can make that game pretty dang hard. You know, if you want to turn the difficulty all the way up, but at the same time, yeah. You can, you know, you could lower it too if if all you care about is seeing what the story is and just going around the world. And as long as you're having fun, that's around what matters. Around the world. But you know, all right, it's I up to every. Yeah, but no, would you? No. But Chris, would you find it strange that? What would? How would your reaction be with if out of the blue you went to the Elden Ring mm. menu screen and it said easy mode? If they had or, that- or or they're calling it, they're doing a lot of, they're calling it story mode these days yeah if if they want to add that in if that's what they think at their point like they're like look we're here to tell story and all that kind of stuff that's their call you know um oh i know it's their call but i I guess the question is i mean do you feel like it's there's certain things in video games that should remain pure and what they intended them to be i mean obviously let's just go based on the assumption that from software does not want to do it Sure, but there's outside pressure to do it, and they cave I, to something they don't want to do. I would Are you that. for that pressure or against that pressure? I'm I'm with them as far as people saying like, "Hey, can you figure out a way to make your game more accessible?" And that seems to be what they're trying to do with this, right? Where it's like, "Hey, instead of guided paths that you always have to go down, here's an open world where if I can see dude over there that looks like it's going to be a pain to go through to get to the boss." take horse and go left instead <laughs> might be an option in some instances. But I think I don't want someone to necessarily just go and say, Oh, you have to put an easy mode in. Um, but at the same time, I think with like seafood, there is fair criticism of how those levels work where I could be like, yeah, it, it didn't feel like it was all skill-based. It felt like luck. Like you were rolling a die of what situation you got put in by how the AI is acting uh, to get there. The bosses are the ones that feel the most like a from software game uh, to me, at least going through it. But, you know, I, I'll say like Celeste is a game that if you play on the regular difficulty is one of the hardest games to beat. But they were really trying to also send a message about like mental health in there. So they made a version to that was just story version because they understood, Hey, there's probably some people really should hear about this message because it could help them. And I'm totally for that. If you think that's what's right for your game, but it shouldn't be outside pressure. It doesn't. Anyway, I'll shut up now. You made a good point. I naturally, uh, for some reason thought about when a music artist makes music, 
it benefits that artist to make, uh, if they have unedited lyrics to have an edited version of those lyrics too, because they're going to get more exposure. And that's where I came back to the video game part. And I'm thinking if you do want more people to play this game, you work so hard on, give it at least from the jump an option to, you know, adjust to different people who play the game that maybe aren't as skilled to beat ogres, even though they watch a YouTube video. But at the same time, I feel like if you decide to go forward and release it, you shouldn't, I don't ever feel you should ever, I shouldn't say that. Most of the time you should never have to buckle to just pressure. That's almost unwarranted. If you choose to make a decision that you stand by. So that's kind of where I sit on. And Andy, do you got any thoughts? Oh yeah. Difficulty in video games. I stand 100% by what Chris said about if, if your goal is to make the game accessible, then do whatever you want with it to make it accessible. My, my big gripe when it comes to difficulty is when developers make a hard mode that's literally just you die in one hit and they're stronger and that's the hard mode. Right. If you if you put zero thought into it, I, I don't even want to touch the hard mode. That's what she okay. That's All right. She, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got two more, John. All right. Well uh coming from Matt uh coming from Matt Waza Boys. What's up, Matt? Yo, how old is this guy? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Probably our age is fine. I'll go with it. I've been a fan for years now, post Chris Thanos snap. <laughs> and first time writing in, you guys have been a must in my weekly podcast listening, and I can't thank you all enough for Woo-hoo! that. I I agree with uh, at least one of you all on your gaming opinions most of the time. Okay. Ha ha. I have even went as far as... Uh, as far as to following Xion and Juan's buying trends, which leads to leads me to my question. I have the PS5, thanks to my wonderful and beautiful wife. Yo, wife! Yo, wife! And I now have an Xbox Series S, also thanks to said wife. Yo, wife! I have had every PS uh, PlayStation uh, since the PlayStation 1, and this is actually my first Xbox. That being said, how do you guys feel about the Series S holding up through this generation? I know Xion made the jump to the Series X, but I'm hesitant to spend the money on the Series X when I have a capable, as of now, Series S. I bought the system to play Halo with my bros, and but, uh, but mostly because of the Microsoft acquisition of Bethesda. I'm super excited for Starfield and the next Elder Scrolls title, but I'm, I'm just going to call it Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls? Now title but i am unsure of the capability of the series s what's your all's opinion thanks again guys and game on from matt sent you, from matt. my iphone oh iphone spelled a little different so uh, <laughs> go ahead uh, uh, so so because of john i was able to pitch an idea to my wife my mm-hmm. wife that uh we were gonna buy a series s with the intent of eventually buying a series X. So it was kind of set up that way. Um, so I already had the, you know, the, the means to say when I had an opportunity to get the X, Hey babe, this happened. We're going to do it. It happened a little differently. I didn't actually get to trade in my S for an X. Like the plan was going to be simply because that's impossible. Um, I do. I think the series S is going to hold up. Absolutely. And John's even recently said that, right. Uh, and that's where I'll lead into kind of John. Uh, the PS5, you're in good hands with that. It's going to continue to get better. 
Um, but I, I really do think that if you are hesitant to spend the money, don't. I think all of the games are always going to say now for Microsoft on the on the little when you buy it, it's going to say game and then it's going to say X slash S, and you're good. They're they're all going to be optimized to play it on whatever system you have. So I think you're good there. Uh, and and when I say don't spend money on it, I also technically I'm spending money on it, but I had to go through that program they have where they sent me an Xbox. And they were like, all right, just pay us some money when you can every month. <laughs> That's awesome. So I did it. Uh, so, yeah. John, Andy, thoughts? Chris, thoughts on this? Um, I am, I'm, still, I'm still liking my Series S um, for a lot of reasons, but I am noticing, I mean, even, even like, for example, the, our topic for the day, Dying Light 2, if you, if you played Dying Light 2 on the Series S, what you're getting is, if my memory serves correctly, you're getting a 1080 a 1080p version at 30 frames per second. So <clears throat> it seems like developers, whether it be whether it be the problem is with the hardware or just their focus is Series X, and that's fine. They're not committing to the idea. When when my when I first got this thing, I was like, man, it, fast load times, I can run everything at 2K and have the potential for 120 frames per second if i have if i have enough hertz on whatever monitor or tv i'm using that has turned out not to be the case as the as as the generation is progressing um of course citing dying light 2 there was another game that came up cyberpunk they're looking into being able to run the game on series s at 60 frames it can't do it now but they're looking into an update to maybe make that happen so you just got to ask yourself what you're looking for. And Chris has said it on, on numerous occasions, and I think it's spot on. The design of the Series S was a Game Pass machine. And that's and that's great. And that serves a lot of people's purposes. Um, the fast load times is still going to be, I think, consistent on this system, regardless of any other um, shortcomings via resolution or frames per second going forward. So if that's something that's very important to you and 1080p at 30 frames, a steady 30 frames is fine. I think this is something you'll be perfectly happy with for a while until you might get a chance to get the series X. Um, I like the thing. I think it's, I think it's handy. I think it's a cute little system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, sometimes I actually was at Best Buy last week and I had a game disc, an Xbox game disc in my hand walking to the register. Oh no. And I forgot. I, was, <laughs> I stopped. I was like, oh wait, I, I, this doesn't have a disc drive. I can't buy this game. So you have to keep that in mind. Um, yeah, it, it, like, like John said, the game, and we've said this before too, it is a Game Pass console. That's kind of what it's made for. Yeah. Uh, they want you to get that console, have Game Pass, and, and enjoy it. You know, anything on Game Pass is going to be able to run it. And and when we you got to remember this. You'll see this when you look at YouTube videos. You heard it from John here. You're going to hear people say things like 1080p at 30 frames per second. It may not bother you the same way it bothers somebody else. Mm-hmm. If you're playing a game on a 1080p monitor, uh, especially in someone in our chat, I'll let you know too, uh, shout out to Draven. There's a video uh, where there's an add-on screen that they made specifically for the Series S, and it looks solid for like a portable system. So if you get rid of the S, you kind of lose that portability in that aspect. But I got to be honest, the, the Series X, you can still pick it up and take it with you. I mean, it's not like it's not like the PlayStation 5, which I would... I think I've actually a bag- seen a screen for the X, too. 
That's you have the S. Yeah, a buddy of mine at work showed it to me before I left Best Buy, and uh, nice. Oh, they look nice. My they really do. My uh, word of advice: if you have a PS5 and an S, and you are looking at games, especially if they're not on Game Pass. And you're looking at something, for instance, just like even right now, Horizon Forbidden West, where, you know, oh, you want it with all the bells and whistles, the best looking it can be. It can only do 30 frames per second. You should just assume the same is going to be true for similar games on the Series X. These consoles are not as powerful as 3080 and 3090 cards with, you know, CPUs that have so many threads and so many cores to work with. And you need to understand that, and especially with something like this. So, you know, for games coming this year, yeah, you could play Starfield, I'm sure, on your S, but you better understand that there's going to be some limitations versus if you're playing it on an X, and especially if you're playing it on PC. So, you know, just keep those things in mind. Yeah. But, you know, the Series S is still a snappy system. You're still Mm -hmm. getting that, you're still getting that next gen response time. And load time. And, you know, that, to that me, that, to me that's the next gen of, of it all, in my opinion. When, when it comes is, to next gen, it yeah. felt like this generation was about switching to SSDs. Yep. Like, they needed exactly. that because that's going to unlock so many features in games mm-hmm. that they needed that to be across the board. So all the developers can be like, ah, we can all work with SSDs now. Thank goodness. Yeah. I'll put yeah, it this said- way. I was I was you know I was thinking about playing Dying Light on a console as opposed to what I ended up with on a PC. Had I gone with console, it would have been PS5. It would it would have just been a PS5 purchase for me, yep. with no questions asked. But I hope I mean Sean, you were going to say something. I'm sorry. No, I was going to add. Draven added one more thing that's a good point. It's the uh, if you like keeping your games on that console, that storage is going to catch up with you. Um, and it kind of depends on where you come from from gaming, right? I, I was kind of from that generation where give me my disc, give me my case, you know, and I'm slowly having to realize digital's okay. I bought week I bought weekly game chat. I bought Horizon Forbidden West. I'm rich on the on, right. I, I invested in this, buddy. Well, I, I can I on, can go ahead. Uh, sorry, I no, thought you were. No, going. I was gonna say I bought it on that, so I'm making the switch. But I, I know I can delete it if I need to and download it again. Well, like, ahead, I can I can say that uh, like Halo Infinite looked great on my yeah. Series S. It looked great. So, you know, uh, maybe maybe you're going to get the full performance out of the Series S from the first parties that are going to show up on Game Pass. So, you know, I think you're going to get optimal performance whenever possible. I don't think I don't think uh, Xbox Game Studios are going to undercut the Series S. I think they're I think they care about the system, and if they're gonna if they can put sixty frames and put two K graphics on it, they're going to do it. Um, and Infinite looked great on it. <clears throat> well, yeah. As a uh, as a PC first, PlayStation second kind of guy, I have thought about buying a, an S the, the past couple of years simply because of availability mostly, and I wanted a new mm-hmm. console for the living room and. My PlayStation was getting a little long in the tooth. So uh, somebody has that now, Nacho. Bye, Nacho. I know you're not here, but hi. Uh, So, but yeah, the S is in a great position value-wise because it's the introductory into this generation. And like you said, Game Pass exists. Like it's your introductory world into Xbox that you can be like, I could try all the Xbox stuff. Like is Xbox even right for me? 
I know that may not be like the biggest question on everybody's mind, but it's kind of a thing that's like, yeah, you know, I've never had an Xbox. It's, it really isn't that bad compared to a PlayStation, except for, you know. Plus, nobody, nope, nobody saves the world in Hades on Xbox Series S. Yeah. No brainer. Yeah. They look, I mean, they're terrific. They look great. Yeah. They do. Uh, I, I use, like, there's, there's just for the simple, the existence of Game Pass, any tie-in that you can have, uh, whether it be an S, an X, or a PC, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of worth being in the Xbox, at least universe, just to be able to, you know, pick and choose the games you want to play. Yeah. I've seen great... a lot more, like, controller adapters now, too. Everybody's going to do Xbox, or, uh, sorry, Game Pass on their phones. Yeah, iPads, it's going to be I was crazy. Doing for a while. So, uh, look, I, how about this? Follow up with us on what you kind of end up doing, and it don't have to be next week, of course, but, you know, uh, keep that journey kind of posted with us. If you end up getting an X or what you end up doing, I like to hear about it. Um, cause I turn, I can turn my head right now and I literally see the S on the floor. The one X is right here. And so is the PS4 and I got a red and blue switch and I priced those on GameStop and I can get like a million dollars. I was about to say, yeah. what are you still doing with your S? I just don't want to leave the house ever. Uh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, one more email we're going to read this week is from uh, Juan. Uh, hello, guys. Hello. Hello. Uh, another week, another fantastic podcast. Been playing Horizon Forbidden West. And if you love the first one, uh, I would say this is more of the same, but more refined in every sense. I've been trying to juggle that and Dying Light 2. That's a big juggling Ooh. act right there. <laughs> and now a- this Friday, yes, this Friday, can't believe it, Elden Ring. This is, this, this is like crazy, this is like holiday season. I need full time gaming privileges. <laughs> right? Hey, hey, Sean. Yeah. Did you know I'm taking off this Friday and Monday to Th- play Elden this Ring? This Friday, right? Yeah, I'm taking off to play Elden Ring. What about Monday? I'm definitely also taking that off to play Elden Ring. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Juan goes on to say, in other news, uh, we are going to see Master Chief's face on the Halo show. True, we are. That came out. Did you guys know that they're going to actually yeah. take the helmet off? Uh, I would hope I I would hope he had another helmet under that one. My luck, it would probably be Bobby Kotick. LOL. Another option would be Jean Claude Van Damme, and he could do the split on two warthogs as they drive backwards. LOL. I want Tong Po. I want Tong Po. Also, uh. You find it hilarious that now that Microsoft bought Activision all of a sudden, all these other companies are basically coughing and winking, trying to get someone to buy them. With all the heat Microsoft is getting from the FTC, I'm sure they're going to take a breather from acquisitions for a minute. I don't know. Depends on what the FTC says, to be quite honest. Question for you guys. Is there a game that had terrible terrible review scores and most people hated it, but you secretly enjoyed it? That's a good question. It's one you got to think about for a minute. Uh, so I quickly Googled bad games uh, that people liked. Uh, and one found one on this list that I definitely liked. I'm fixing to look up and see if it was reviewed bad. It was Dante's Inferno. I didn't know that was considered mm. a bad game. Apparently. Uh, what? Yeah, no, I can't, that got 84% Google likes, Google user likes. It, it probably was rated good, so I can't use that one. Um. What stands out to you guys? Because I'm kind of like I don't know. Well, Dying Light was in the low 70s when it when it originally reviewed the original game. 
Uh, Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2 was not well reviewed at all. It was down in the 60s. I, I had a great time with that game. And, you know, I've said a couple of times on this show over the past five years, if you if you're only playing Metacritic scores of 80 and 90, you're letting the best games pass you by hands down. So it may not be the best mechanically sometimes, but there's always there's like a gem in a lot of games that. Yeah, that game, that game Vampire that came out a few years ago wasn't wasn't a resounding, um, highly praised game. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm always, like yeah, a lot of people liked it. I, I know I did. I, I freaking love that game. To, to John's point, uh, there was actually an article that I read. I think it was on Polygon. It made a good point. Um, he said, Dying Light is two is the perfect seven out of ten game. And he said, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. And he basically said, I love these kinds of games where you can look at and say, yeah, it doesn't have the polish of you know GTA, right? Like we're unlimited resource to get everything right but they're generally the kind of games that take some of the biggest risks because they go all in on something in this case it sounded like the parkour system right um and just kind of push the envelope where then people other developers then look and see and go oh that how did they do that and it gets their their wheels spinning so to speak and, and you know in a couple of years those studios with huge budgets start bringing in those innovations, right? So it's important to have those things. And it's probably, if you want to be ahead of the curve, important to check out some of those. But as far as something that was truly a disastrous launch that I actually ended up liking down the line after it got patched many, many, many times, uh, SimCity, the one that came out around 2013, was a disaster. It didn't matter the fact that you were playing, um, by yourself you still had to be online except the problem is no one could connect to a server to save their life for like three months um and it had some some utilization and uh issues where you really had to have a beefy uh graphics card when it first came out but when it got patched i came back like about two years later when i upgraded my pc and because i just always have loved the SimCity series i had a blast with it i was like this is what I, what i always want from a SimCity game I'm so glad I found this game. Uh, It was a game I loved back in the day on my 360, I believe. Mm. It was a game called Lost Planet, and it it didn't get good scores. I just love the idea of you being on a really cold planet, and you could Mm -hmm. die if you're in the cold for too long. It was clunky. It wasn't the best, you know. Uh, But I think I ended up buying Lost Planet 2 as well. (laughs) That's a square game. Yeah, it is. And uh, No, uh, it's Capcom. Is it Capcom? Okay. Yeah, it's not square. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, but I, I remember buying it. And I think I got Lost Planet 2 off like eBay. I was so excited. <laughs> Good stuff. A great question. Good email for sure. Now what we'll do is we'll go over here to this thing we call Discord. And we'll just double check to see if there's any emails. Um, because you know just the one. There's just one. Uh, that's that's it it? that's it uh so we do have (laughs) apparently uh and draven does this a lot i love it uh he just said the supervisor super what the budweiser was up commercial because of uh the first email we read but just a reminder we do have a discord it is the greatest gaming discord community in the world um founded by uh, what did I call you? Uh, Andy, the Andy Discord Jesus. Jesus. 
yeah, Jesus, Discord Jesus mm-hmm. himself, uh, Andy, and and if you're not part of that yet, what are you? Think about uh, Ellie Golding singing. What are you waiting for? Touch me like you do. Hold me like you do. And join our weekly games chat Discord. Now I'm going to try to see if we have any action on Twitter. Um, for maybe the last two weeks, a lot of what we've seen on our Twitter has been... Uh, what is happening right now? Has been Chris or myself going live. Blowing up our... Uh, our Twitch, our Twitch stream. So let's see if we have any mentions. Uh, oh, we do have one. Uh, we have a fan named Lucy who stopped by to say hello, and they hope to listen to us soon. Mm. Hello, Lucy. Um, on the tw- on Sunday, so this past Sunday, uh, Matt at Matt Erickson wrote into us. What's up, gentlemen and fellow Richards? What up? I'm what sure up? you guys have probably covered it, never, in one of the previous 344 episodes. But I'm a late bloomer and I've only been here for a few weeks. I want to know all of your favorite games of all time. <laughs> Mine is Resident Evil 4. I think the game is absolutely incredible. I got to know all of yours. Keep up being the world's greatest gaming podcast. That's that's great, Matt. Appreciate that. Wasn't... Uh, Episode 300. I think it was. Was it 300? Was it 300 or was it 250? I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. They they survived the Thanos snap? Like yeah, I think it was like 260, 270 is when the Thanos snap happened. I think. I'd have to go look it up. All right, so apparently we have... We're going to redo this at some point. Uh, but yeah, we have a podcast out there. It's in the It's in the old days stuff uh go I'll check it, it out in the discord if i find it yeah and and you just heard andy say he'll put it in discord so if you're still new to the community come to that discord we'll accept you with open arms and and that reminds me sometimes we do have new folks that listen so when i say things like thanos taps those are obviously obviously show references we have a bunch of those if you ever have any questions about that write in let us know uh and we'll let you know uh but since i just mentioned thanos snap at one point, we saved our podcast a certain way, and we switched platforms. And when we did that, we did not know that we would indeed Thanos snap ourselves and get rid of everything. Thanos technically only got rid of like half. We got rid of everything. Um, but we have we have picked up again, and and we're we're rocking and rolling. So there you go. Uh, no new weekly uh, game chat followers to mention, but of course that's at weekly games chat on the Twitter. And so there we go. All right, Chris, I'm pointing at you virtually, buddy. This has been episode 344. We had uh, John and Andy discuss Dying Light. And Andy, I want to thank you. I'm sure our listeners, I know John John, and I'm sure Chris appreciate you as well. But thank you for being a pro, for being on the show. You're awesome. Thank I you, like, guys. I really, really, really like Andy, like a lot. He's, he's, he's great. Um. If you want to find us in an email and write us weeklygameschat at gmail.com. I just mentioned we're on Twitter at Weekly Games Chat. And of course, uh, there's our Discord. If you can leave a review anywhere, please, for the love of God, leave us a review. Forever, we only had one five-star review on Spotify, but we fixed that. Uh, so thank you for that. I can't see what I'm doing now. I've gone blind. Uh, <laughs> here we go. 
So I'll look at John, I'll look at Andy, and I'll say to Chris, all of you guys, game on. Game on. Game on. Master. Game on. He said it. He said it. And now I'm going to say peace out, everybody. Your mom's bar. Dog life, baby. I'll find a tagline sometime. <laughs> This is Adam. This is Mike. And this is David. From Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover. We make a fortnightly video game podcast. Fortnite meets every two weeks. Covering gaming news, game reviews. I give it five out of five tacos. And whatever crazy audience tweets come in. And sometimes celebrities like Arnold even stop by to sing karaoke. I love just like Each episode, we feature one burning topic, game dev interview, or super guest friend from the world of gaming. Check us out on the HP Video Game Podcast Network or on sbfvgs.com. I don't care about that. Wow. Well.